Freddy Krueger is having a baby. Steve Martin unites with Eddie Murphy and Eddie Murphy, and we must strengthen our border against the encroaching prawns. This week on 30-20-10. Hello, everybody. Welcome to 30-20-10, the Laser Time Network's pop culture time machine each week, taking you three very different decades of a single week in uh, pop culture history. We'll be looking at the movies, TV, video games, news of August 9th to the 15th in the years 1989, 1999, and 2009. Get it? 30, 20, and 10 years ago. That's how we do the show. Uh, obviously, we cover a range of different topics, so if you hate what we're talking about for one second, wait another and you'll probably find something near and dear to your childhood. Uh, and I know you're going to find a bunch of that in this episode, including it's one of the best weeks for critically revered video games. Oh. So yes, mm. a lot of qual- quality instead of quantity. Uh, hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? Fake purse ninja, Diana Goodman. <laughs> it's me, Sarah. And yes, uh, welcome to 302010, everybody. It's very, very exciting. I get to retread some old ground here right off the bat, um, in case you didn't know. Patreon.com slash LazerTime. We not only give people a weekly show every single week, Sarah's on this week. Yeah. Last week, we talked about Once Upon a Time in America. This, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This week, we talked oh. about Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> yes, and Crawl. <laughs> and Crawl. Uh, Diana didn't hear that. I won a Pee-wee's Big Adventure trivia contest, and I'm pretty sure I can die now. I should have just let the soul leave my body, because there's not much else I can do on this planet. When, I mean. when are we going to talk about Once Upon a Time in America? I uh, do four solid hours. All right, you take the first half. Up in, in New York. Uh, you take the first half before intermission. Sarah and I will take the second half. Uh, that movie is very, very long. It is extreme. Well, then it has that in common with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> no, no, you don't understand. This movie has no, an intermission. No. Uh, anyway, with 30 2010, the movies are interesting right off the bat. Here's something young people won't find interesting. We try and bring in a little bit of news to talk about 1989, wage you into the, the decade we'll be talking about. August 9th through the 15th, this week. Uh, not a lot I could see that happen other than Billy Crystal becomes the first American stand up to record a stand up special in Russia. Mm. It will air on what? HBO in November. Feature I remember seeing this. It's it's bizarre. It seemed to be a huge yeah. deal and has totally disappeared. It's like free on Yahoo Video. Yakov Shmirnov is in the intro. Of uh, it's, it's But of course. It seems like a relic lost of time. And of course, of course, Billy Crystal does blackface in his Russia special. Of course. <laughs> the man can't help himself. He can't help himself. He loves it so much. <laughs> I don't hate Billy Crystal, but man. Oh, uh, but come on. But come on. Um, come on. You look. You can do a quote-unquote black character while still being whatever color you are, and <laughs> you can you can carry it off. White girls dress as Beyonce for Halloween all you want. Just don't put on blackface. Yeah. Or don't get quote a really dark tan end quote no, before no. you do that. I, I I actually really like the character he's doing because he did it on SNL as well. And uh-huh. you you would hate it with or without blackface. Mm. Uh, then we get yeah. some smell fish. Then we get another smell fish. It's like oh, it's <laughs> anyway anyway. But for some reason, it's the first character you see in the special because mm-hmm. it has like a twelve minutes filmed introduction. We'll talk about it more in November because that's when it airs. Oh, okay. But it was at this point it was it was big news, mm-hmm. uh, and I think constantly funny to bring up as we were trying to make friends with Russia thirty years ago and mend all our fences. Uh, movies of nineteen eighty nine. Speaking of old funny people, Parenthood, starring Steve Martin, is number one at the box office. But we get to talk more about 
I think a better Steve Martin thing in the next segment. Yes, I completely agree. I can't believe that Parenthood is holding on at number one versus, well, we'll get to it in a second, but versus a James Cameron movie that is sold as this is a goddamn James Cameron movie. Mm -hmm. Well, it would have been the third James Cameron movie, fourth if you count Piranha, so... Right. I don't know that he had the pedigree he does like he does. Oh no, now. we'll get to it when we play the ad. Okay. Oh, okay. Really? Oh yes. Yeah. Or unless you want to just do it now. No, no, I want to get about it. I think right. you know I'm obligated to talk about this film for a lot of reasons. Legally. And if you want to hear yes. more about it, again, patreon.com slash laser time supports this show, Video Game Apocalypse, the whole laser time network of podcasts. Um there is oh no, this one's also you can get it uh, wherever you get your podcasts. An Elm Street Nightmare, me and Lizzie talking about every movie in the Nightmare and Elm Street saga in depth. Uh, this was my introduction to Freddy Krueger. <laughs> like uh, Sarah said, you were right. My introduction to like almost every franchise is the worst one. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know Jason Takes Manhattan came out within like a week of Nightmare on Elm Street 5 because they're both my first in uh, 1989. But yes, we have uh, Kelly Joe Mentor, Whit Hertford. Whit Hertford? I feel like the Irma Gerd girl. Oh, the Roger. The Beatrice Whipple. Uh, Lisa Wilcox and Robert England in Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. When it comes to terror, Freddy knows best. <laughs> now, Freddy delivers. It's a boy! I don't know how, but now he's back! His greatest masterpiece. Better not dream and drive! A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. The party just started. Rated R. Ooh, this is this this is a fucked up movie. <laughs> Sounds like so, Jesse the Mind Ventura at the end there. <laughs> Jesse the Claw Vent. So, it like hasn't even been a year since four. It's been about a year. Yeah. Since that came out in August 88. But uh, but like with this in Friday the Thirteenth, every studio well Paramount was majorly ashamed of Friday the Thirteenth, but they kept having to make them because it was instant money, it was guaranteed mm-hmm. money. As was Nightmare on Elm Street until this time, and after mm-hmm. this they decided to call the series quits with one more movie. Uh, yeah. But but this is this is the first like oh it's critically panned, fans are a little upset, um, and and uh, yeah I think people didn't show up in the same droves, which is straight but. I'll say off the bat, my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movies, I, uh, yes, I'm sure it has to do with the order within I saw them, which was scattered. The next one I saw was four. I love four and five. I think they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and if you're a Nightmare on Elm Street fan, well, self-proclaimed, you're probably mad at me right now. <laughs> but I'm about to try and explain why. Is it, have you guys seen this movie? No. Die? Nope. No, no the, not this one. The Dream Child, baby. Um, I think we'd heard Freddy Krueger. Bastard son of a hundred maniacs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great I don't know moniker. How that works out, but that's fine. Well, this movie shows you in the beginning. Okay. Uh, his his, oh, mo- his mother right. is a nun in a mental ward and gets locked in, and she is. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's yeah, it's not a yeah. graphic scene; it's an uncomfortable scene. And there, I hate to. There's an anecdote in Elm Street Nightmare. I was so obsessed with Freddy, and like my parents like video games, like didn't encourage me down this route but like if there was a magazine or a book about horror movies mm-hmm. i was allowed to read that mm-hmm. so we're at a outlet mall and a book on tape uh there i see nightmare on elm street 5 a book on tape with a special <laughs> introduction by freddy Krueger. and my parents are like yeah why would anything in the book on tape store be bad sure i'm i'm eight my sister's four <laughs> and then just they begin describing a gang rape in a mental asylum oh. and like some huh. masturbated in the dark corners. I remember my mother going like, okay. 
way eject throwing tape. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but but yeah, well it's it. But that's the thing. Like um, horror can be a gateway to deeper causes, and this movie mm-hmm. gets really close and violently backs up from having something important to say about abortion. Mm. Um, because hmm. Freddie's trying to come back to life through Alice. A uh, Alice, I believe, the character from a, f- a previous film doesn't normally happen. They usually don't survive. Uh, who his, whose baby Freddie is trying to take over and come back to the world through her. Mm-hmm. And I and I forget exactly. There there's even talk about an abortion, but then it's it's talked about like a 1950s G-rated film. Like mm-hmm. never oh. would I ever 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 do that. And like this could have been a really a much more important. Horror movie. If you would have had a frank discussion about abortion in a mm-hmm. real way, uh, but but yeah, it's about pregnancy, and part of the reason people hate it is part of the reason I love it. I always say I like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series specifically because they are not so much about kills, but a series of vignettes or small music videos where Freddy ridiculously or elaborately kills someone. I'm gonna turn you into a roach and create a roach motel. That's 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 a long way to go, Freddy, but I loved it. It's one of my favorite sequences. <laughs> it could have just hit him in the head with a pipe, but no. So these sequences are so elaborate that there's not as many of them. Freddy mm. shreds the gnar on a skateboard. Uh, he turns someone into a comic book and kills them. Uh, he... Becomes one guy's motorcycle and creeps the wires oh, into his that's veins. From this one. That oh, is from wow. this one. That is that oh, is. Oh my god! One that's of the, a clip worth watching. It's one of the most notoriously cut sequences because it was going to get an X rating based on how elaborately the motorcycle went underneath his skin and into his veins and pulled his face apart. Oh my! And it looks it looks really fucking cool. Yeah. But if you're a real horror fan, which I go back and forth from saying I am. I fucking love it. It's great. It's it's one of the coolest things you'll ever see on screen. But the deaths are stupid. <laughs> I think on lists of <laughs> stupid Freddy deaths, they're mostly in here. Mixed with the uncomfortable nature of abortion and mm-hmm. childbirth and the R word, of the course. ultimate body horror. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm. but there's... Oh, there's some great sequence of stuff pressing up against stomachs. It's 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 really fun. I, again, it's re- it's really uncomfortable. But uh, I have I have affection for this movie. I can see, I can see its shortcomings as a film because it is generally unpleasant but the kills are real fun and it has one of my favorite soundtrack songs i know last the last one uh part four had the fat boys i'm not going to talk shit on the fat boys that's a great song but uh bruce dickinson's bring your daughter to the slaughter is one of the greatest song titles of all time uh and i believe it was he he liked it the iron maiden liked it so much they went like later on they re-recorded the song with the whole band just because it sounded so much like a decent iron maiden song Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. And it has one of the best titles ever. But uh, The Dream Child, <laughs> it is the beginning of the end for Freddy Krueger, so enjoy that. Do you think they play that song at Bring Your Child to Work Day at the meat <laughs> processing plant? <laughs> oh, that, that joke got so G-rated at the end. I'm very I'm very happy. I was predicting a much darker scenario. Good on you, Sarah. I'm a mixed bag. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but, but why did I talk so long about this stupid fucking movie? In terms of elaborate sequences oh, and special effects. <laughs> I I I cannot wait to tell you more about Michael Bean. Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. I practiced that. Good. <laughs> Yay. Uh Ed Harris and a bunch of other 80s who's who's uh <laughs> The Abyss. From the creator of Terminator, Terminator 2 and Aliens. I got it, it's headed straight for us. Comes the ultimate adventure. Let's go, 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 go. 
ultimate experience. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. The ultimate terror. You can't leave me here alone! You never find a way from anything in your life! Now fight! Fight! Prepare yourself for the abyss. The abyss. This, yeah, the Terminator 2 was not out yet. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, TV no this is an ad for, for The Abyss being on TV. Mm-hmm. And it was tough because like every proper trailer from its release focuses on the visuals. Mm-hmm. And does a very nice job of it. The, the teaser trailer I loved. And it was so simple where it's just like, again, James Cameron is, you know, he took you to space with aliens. He took you to terror with the Terminator. And now he's going somewhere you've never been. And it's like the camera's just sort of gliding under the water. And it just sort of goes under and over goes over an underwater cliff and just starts dropping into the black. Ooh, oh, nice. Nice. And it's like, yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm glad uh, I, I watching it again for the first time in a long time mm-hmm. uh, with yeah, Sarah. Me too. It, 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 it is an astounding feat of film that should never stop being celebrated. I love this movie mm-hmm. and it's upsetting to me that more people don't talk about it, honestly. Well, on the flip side, it's not yeah. that I don't love the movie it i'm just james cameron went to extreme lengths to make the ultimate underwater action movie Mm -hmm. as a result all action is molasses slow and tension filled and it's very tense it's it there's not like even when there's a fucking chase scene Mm -hmm. you could walk faster than that but it is it is (laughs) tense yeah and i think it's effective because unlike aliens and the Terminator, even to an extent, mm-hmm. we can all kind of put ourselves in the place of the claustrophobia of being in a submarine, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. with all that rushing water, because yeah. that that is something that I think you can connect with a little bit easier. I, I hope audience can still connect with that. It yeah. just makes everything a lot less bombastic than even mm-hmm. everything else James Cameron did. Mm-hmm. Which, But this is yeah. the beginning of him like, okay, you can have all the money you want. He, he is a master now. Mm-hmm. That starts with the abyss because it is yeah. it is impressive to look at to this day. It truly is. I mean, there were some shots that we were watching that we could not figure out how he got that. Yeah, just like this This would, would have been done back then and today with them looking out a window that's just a green screen. But this is clearly, they put them underwater so they could look out a, yeah. a window from our perspective and see mm-hmm. stuff happening outside. There's... No reason to yeah. go that elaborate with it, and they mm-hmm. they bothered. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, the the effects are stupendous, I, and they're. I mean, that's one place where this is important. This mm-hmm. becomes an important movie when it comes to special effects because it's sort of the first time with Cameron working with ILM on their computer generated mm-hmm. stuff, which you can see there's like this water tendril that moves through stuff, and it's like, okay, this is where he decided, like, oh yeah, the next Terminator is going to be liquid metal. I'm going to use this yes. technology. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He's pioneering both practical and digital effects in the same film, and right. they both hold up pretty well. Even the water tentacle cool. doesn't... It's just a water really tentacle. Well. looks cool. There's yeah. only a couple places where it's like, oh, okay, I can sort of see the difference between the, the model and the actors right there. Mm-hmm. But this was a... It sounds like the worst film shoot of all time. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Um, they were filming most of it in, like, a mostly built nuclear reactor that was never yeah, commissioned. I was, was going to say, did you? Did everybody here see Chernobyl? <laughs> mm-hmm. That thing they talked yeah. about and filled with water? That's what Cameron did. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is where the movie takes place, mm-hmm. in a Chernobyl reactor. Yeah. Yeah, so they're this giant tank... Uh, where they have this this massive claustrophobic set, and they're in a giant tank. They're always wet. They're always cold. Yeah. They're doing like seventy hour weeks shooting for months and months. Like Ed Harris burst into tears. People were throwing things. Everyone like the stress is just breaking people. 
Yeah, and, and, and I, I think the, that tank contained 8 million gallons of water in the way mm-hmm. Sammy was describing it the other day. Not unlike in California, how they silly, it looked so silly, tried to stop the evaporation of the reservoir. They dumped mm-hmm. a bunch of like black beads and balls over yeah. the top to, to mm-hmm. blo- block out the light. Mm-hmm. So you have these massive, like, I don't know which ones are miniatures and which ones are real things as a result right. of how elaborate everything looks. Yeah. It, and it, yeah, there's a lot of great miniature work as well. Yeah. But it's dark. I don't think we haven't even said what this movie's about. Right. Because it, um, it's difficult to know. It's about being underwater because it's James Cameron mm-hmm. continuing his... It turns out he had, like, since a teenager, he he was fascinated with, like, oceanography and stuff. But this is him, like, really going for it that we'll see for, like, the rest of his career. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go make an IMAX movie where we're going to go three miles down and we're going to film shit. And, just, and, and that this didn't scare him off Titanic. In fact, he's like, right. I want to do... Ta- yes, I'm going to do more of the same torture my actors in water i think i think you could see how everyone involved with titanic and their money were given confidence from the scenes yes, in abyss absolutely yeah but then this movie didn't make much money yeah i but i it was it, it, it did okay it made its money back but it was i mean com- compared to everything else james james cameron has done except for the terminator this is his lowest grossing thing and the terminator is his debut i know i just i for I, all intents and purposes i think this one sort of hit in the home video market we heard the mm-hmm. The TV train. I love that. I like you can see the promo. It starts at Monday at seven thirty because it has to start earlier because it's long as fuck. <laughs> it's super and that's, long. Yeah. That's the non-special edition is long as fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I don't. We want to talk about this. We haven't talked about the movies about, but it's it's the Poseidon Adventure with Close Encounters mixed in. And <laughs> sure, yeah, and, sort of. Yeah, yeah. It's about uh, a bunch of oil rig under underwater undersea oil rig workers that uh, have to go to the site of a downed submarine, mysteriously and, uh, downed. Yeah, they're not sure what happened to it, and they got some military guys along. Um, so it's kind of similar to the setup of Aliens. Yeah. And then they get uh, with their underwater platform and their little uh, robots and stuff, and they get down there. And then weird happenings are afoot. And Michael Bean is a military guy, and he starts getting space madness. <laughs> we, 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 we laugh so much. What was that shark movie we laughed at so much that... Oh, 47 meters down? 47 meters down because it, it hinges on underwater what pressure psychosis. Yeah, yeah. Which mm-hmm. apparently is a real thing, but it looks real stupid in every movie you see. And it's used <laughs> to great effect here with mm-hmm. Michael Bean and looking full Bill Paxton yes. in a mustache. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. where was Bill Paxton? I don't know. This I might know. be the only collaboration like the they only, didn't. Mm-hmm. Is this the only Cameron movie we don't have a Paxton? I think so. Damn. No. He's even in the most needless part of Titanic. Mm-hmm. Let's make this movie longer with a framing device. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you see, the, the reason... Now, I, you said that a couple of weeks ago, and I was thinking, no, the framing device works really well because it tells you what to expect when the iceberg finally hits. Now we know the sequence of events after that. We know the ship's going to do a tilt, and then it's going to break in half, and it's like, we, we know how it goes. Okay. <laughs> there's a bit of that in here, too. It's, a, you know, it's basically Chekhov's space madness. <laughs> Setting <laughs> yes. up like, this is... These are the signs of getting this uh, compression psychosis, and they talk about compression and decompression a lot, so that you know, okay, well, someone's going to get the shakes, and then their speech is going to slur, and then they're going to go cuckoo bananas mm-hmm. and oh. try to blow up a nuclear warhead. Yeah, and the nuclear warheads figure in uh, to the aliens' plans, because that's kind of... Uh, the oil workers are told they're on a rescue mission, but they're really on a warhead salvage mission, so mm-hmm. the Ruskies don't get, uh, don't get a hold of the submarines' warheads and the aliens are watching. They're aware of the war, what the warheads do, uh, and they 
have apparently come to the conclusion that we don't deserve to live. Actually, that is not emphasized. It's not. In the one we watched the other day. It it was, we watched the non-special edition. And I've watched the special edition so many times that it's one of the the crazy, who cut that out of the movie? Yeah. It It makes the movie make sense. It explains more of what's happening and is a massive effect sequence. Yeah, it makes Mm. the aliens have intention. Yes, which which they have none. It, it's it's two close encounters because mm-hmm. they just meet. Yeah. Whereas like the alien well, were here to dis- like to view us and destroy us and decided not to when they met one of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I was thinking it was more two thousand one, but yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. There's it's pretty close encounters mm-hmm. of just like well, we're just sort of poking you guys and checking you out. You seem to be right assholes. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of you's in love. Well, I guess you're yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you, I, I I thoroughly recommend the special edition just to see the giant wave the aliens had sent mm-hmm. to murder us all mm-hmm. for being undeserving to live, mm-hmm. uh, among yeah, other things. Man, this it, I did feel like it was overlong. I could have. I, I mean, it's what, like two twenty. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be a solid two. I feel like the the second half was less interesting, and actually things get spookier. I was actually more bored. I liked the realism of just being, yeah, like uh, you know, half a mile down, and then they got to go lower and lower and lower, and their winch breaks and they're tethered to a thing, and oh god, they're gonna die, and it's gonna drag them over this cliff, and yeah, just it looks so good. We, we talked about that Even briefly. Even though these poor actors are being tortured. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe it was little Chrissy growing up without cable, but I felt like half of what I watched every week was a PBS documentary about an undersea salvage mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I was steeped in this stuff and knew how some of it worked and how pressure worked. Even when this movie came out, I'm a young kid because that was like half of what I watched. But it is also the beginning of James Cameron's fast like. In between Titanic and Avatar, he only made like two movies about about mm-hmm. abyss like situations. Yeah. One with the abyss in the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. G- well, just, I mean, and that was one thing that I was kind of surprised they didn't bring up much in the movie. They talk about compression and decompression and stuff like that, but they don't talk about like the the huge amounts of pressure. Like to mm-hmm. be half a mile down or a mile down, or they get to like two miles down in this. It's like dealing with going to space. But the reverse, where in space it's a vacuum, and here it's a level of pressure that will vaporize you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, if well, you're in one of those little subs and the thing breaks, you you are now you're just just a red mist floating in the water. Unless, like, unless incredible. Diana, you are invested in liquid breathing. Yes, which oh, one that of the coolest. Cold. That is one of the coolest plot devices. And Sam was I was watching with Sammy, Sarah's husband. You've heard of on Laser Time, and he's like. That's a real thing. I'm like, dude, I have to talk about it on the podcast. Don't you fucking hoverboards are real me with this bullshit. <laughs> and nope. I, I have to look this nope, up. That, that rat's really doing it. The, it's an astounding sequence because mm-hmm. you are what feels like watching a rat be drowned. And you can clearly see it's not a, like clearly see it's not a robot. But it is a yeah. rat breathing breathable liquid. Right. But I don't think any human has done it. It's apparently a real thing. Well, we've all apparently a done human it. has done it. Yeah, a human has done it. Well, and yeah. we've all done it. How? Oh, haha. In the womb. In the womb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just I, I thought I thought Sam was totally fucking with me, but like that is truly one of the most astounding sequences in the film. And then when. Even as a little detail, that's how Ed Harris goes so deep, and mm-hmm. the, maybe mm-hmm. the pressure will be. Uh, equalized if your helmet is filled with liquid and you're breathing liquid then mm-hmm. there's nothing to shatter because it's just pushing up lungs, against more liquid your lungs have liquid in them have liquid in them point. so yeah but that elaborate it just looks like ed harris's head is underwater so yeah i don't 
And I could not find any information. He's not liquid breathing. It just seems like he's doing those like Apollo 13 zero grab takes like every 45 seconds. He has to Mm -hmm. empty his helmet Mm -hmm. because it just looks like his face blowing bubbles for like the last (laughs) 20 minutes of the movie Mm -hmm. in a helmet. Like it. I don't know. This I'm so glad we got to revisit this. I feel like when you do finally because when you do finally see the aliens, Mm -hmm. they're actual like beings, not just like their spaceship and stuff. It's. I don't know. I loved it. I thought it looked so cool. And it looked like, because, you know, we've all heard about how we know less about what is in the ocean than yeah, about what space. is in space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was so, shocked. No one said that in the movie. I, I was know. waiting for that to be the premise of the movie. <laughs> and so the, the alien creatures look like, yeah, that could totally be something that's like living in the bottom of Mariana's Trench that mm-hmm. we've never seen before because it's, you know, got the phosphorescence looking mm-hmm. lights on it and it looks like a giant friendly stingray and it's like mm. kind of cute. But it's, it's so... But also like unsettling. It's so beautiful. It was, and it I, was beautiful, I, but it's also it's a bit Pandora-y, isn't it? It is. It truly is. It is, mm-hmm. but uh, I can't wait to see that movie again and I have a feeling we're going to end up vindicating it a little bit. I don't think it's we'll as bad see. as everybody thinks it is. We'll see. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's just we're we're pissed off that it became the movie, the only mm-hmm. best movie. Which it, mm-hmm. who cares? It's not. It's Avengers now. We'll hate on that. Uh, but but uh, uh, th- those effects of the aliens, like th- you can see, very little glimpses of stop motion in this film, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they are not stop motion. Right. And I don't really know how they did that mm-hmm. right now. Like I love guess is puppets, uh, but the way. The manta ray like yeah. quality of that thing is going like how moves, the fuck though. do you do that? Yeah, it it it's either CG or like one of the most elaborate extra frame stop motion sequences I've ever seen, and I'm right. I'm pretty good at spotting what's what, and I really I can't say definitively it's CG or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and that's an amazing thing to say about a 1989 film, mm-hmm. and and yeah. it's I just I worry that it's 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 it is a little overly long and slowly paced mm. and because of the nature of underwater everyone's kind of in the same place and doesn't go a lot of places right. that people will sleep on this but like I feel like we should never stop talking about this. I agree. It's very yep. claustrophobic without it like hammering at home. Mm-hmm. Everything feels like it's the right size, you I, know? I feel like it you know what maybe a good comparison to it is the movie Gravity. Yeah. Because the way people talked more about the making of gravity than mm-hmm. the movie gravity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I sort of how I feel about The Abyss. And they're, they're both great films, but not ones I put on once a year. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, sorry, that just hit me. I don't have anything more to and elaborate I mean, on. And my only criticism is, and this, I don't even think this is a real criticism, is that, you know, the character group is very, I think, James Cameron y oh, yeah. aliens. Yeah. Like, oh, you got. The kind of wacky guy, and then you've got the southern guy, and then you've got. Is there no rule about dipping underwater? (laughs) Surely, surely we have a policy here. Right, the character (laughs) archetypes aren't mm, anything new or unusual that you Mm -hmm. haven't seen before. Which, yeah, that's fine. Though it's it's not obnoxious, just because they're um, they don't lean heavily towards any trope. They they visually look like they're going to, but they're all like professional and good at their jobs that's true the whole film that's and, true. and nobody like fucks up because we don't have a full armageddon situation yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. which is i was getting flavors of oh it would yep. be oil drillers yeah, alone yeah <laughs> and lots of t-shirts with the sleeves cut off yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the abyss I, I think it's a really good weekend watch if you're sure. just lying yeah. around yeah it, it it should if you appreciate what people put in the frame of a film, it should blow your fucking mind if you've never seen it. Because I, ha- I've seen it a lot, and just it's just been a while, and I still, it was a remarkable thing to see. Yeah, I think you said, Sarah, like 
Well, he said it, you were joking at the beginning. It, it did feel like, usually this level of detail only goes into like a theme park ride. Yes, yeah. Or, or <laughs> like one of those those openings where you can, a million dollars a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it looks like that a lot of the time. Yeah. To, to hopefully to an end you enjoy. The beginning where they do the uh, exposition about like, what's going on? Who are these people and what are we doing? It definitely mm-hmm. felt like the intro before you go into a ride where you stand all over <laughs> and watch a video. Right when they point at you. It's yeah. got to be you, cadet. You think you can handle you it? You can handle it? We'll see. Be Please sure to enter into the next room. Be sure to put your safety glasses in the bin when the mission's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if you care about <clears throat> visual effects and uh, James Cameron's oeuvre, uh, well, and let's this, this is essential viewing. Ed Harris looking hot as hell. Like, uh, yeah. I think Ed Harris is an underrated movie hottie. And <laughs> all right. <laughs> a good all right. looking man. I agree. Good I looking man. Agree. Yep. Um, yes, he does something weird to me. He's going to be the new Top Gun. Get used to it, sir. Ooh, I'm so mm-hmm. excited. Mm hmm. And that—that that is, wow, what a small universe. Those are the two movies this week. Yeah. And yeah. we're in summer, so not a lot of television. The only notable thing I could find that I even remembered slightly was Comic Strip Live. Mm-hmm. And Comic Strip Live, I think you've heard talk of the stand-up comedy boom. Can you imagine stand-up comedy on network television? It's like... Oh, not un- since um, the... Reality, last comic standing. Right. That's the last time like, I saw it on. And they, and had, I mean, I they had to make a game out of it. Right. And sometimes I think yeah. they have stand-ups on uh, America's Got Talent, but they never are really. Do they? I think so. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. what I've heard. Okay. I imagine Howard Stern is very nice. I'm um, sure. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, stand-up comedy boom. Like A&E, I remember if you turn to A&E, like half the time it would just be the improv. Uh, like stand-up was yeah. everywhere. Like, oh, there's a brick wall. I know what's coming. <laughs> I, I, I remember I was talking to a stand-up comedian like, where... I saw you, I swear, and I don't know, I think I saw you first on MTV, because that's how big stand-up was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like, there's even a, MTV, and Comedy Central exists, and MTV is showing stand-up. Uh, but Fox is, like, the only major network playing stand-up, and I think you'll see, like, Showtime at the Apollo, like, after SNL mm-hmm. in some markets. Right. Uh, but Comic Strip Live, a one-hour weekly stand-up showcase uh, every Saturday, and then got another Sunday primetime edition, and I couldn't find, like, anyone I had heard of right uh any clips of anybody i'd heard of except for maybe one which i couldn't prove and it was a real funny one it was a uh, alan combs of hannity and combs fame oh, <laughs> like, i did not and i'm like that's not the that's the same guy he would i did not know alan combs did stand up okay. um, <laughs> and no wow. i don't i don't care for this <laughs> uh but yeah that's that is the only television show um stand-up comedy baby uh, a person in a mic that's all you got uh, some music of 1989 will take us out. We got some new releases out this week, August 9th to the 15th. Uh, no Blue Thing by Ray Lynch and uh, Love Among Cannibals by Starship. Uh, they're first without Grace Slick. That is so confusing. So what's the point? What What are you now? Because they were Jefferson Airplane? That's how they started. Right. Yes. Jefferson Airplane, then Jefferson Starship, right. then Starship. Starship. Then there's going back to Jefferson Airplane, but the, some of the people are there and some of the people aren't. It's it goes all over the place. Look, all I care about is where Grace Lick is. The rest of you, sorry, go away. But that's not what's going to take us out. It's the number one song this week. Uh, Dick Marks with "Right Here Waiting." This song it makes me feel so weird. It, I don't know it's why. Very very strange. It's, it's so like oh my god. Every prom I know must have had it. so many wedding dances yeah. to this. It's so cheesy. And I've said before, and I'll say again, Richard Marks is really funny on Twitter because he knows he was 80s cheese. Yeah, like I said, I think he gets the joke. He's, he's very funny. I think our friend sang this to his wife at his wedding. He was uncomfortable. 
Oh dear. <laughs> so I, this is not the right here, right now. No. no. <laughs> this, this is, is like is... even more whispery. Yes. Um, yeah, didn't want to belt it out. Just a cat's asleep. Uh, but we'll close out with Dick Marks. Uh, please don't judge our podcast on the Dick Marks song. We will be right back with two different decades uh, with a smattering of different shit. So stay right there. Thank you, fine folks, for listening. Hope you're not too bored. You know what the perfect solution is for being bored and always has been? Goddamn video games. <laughs> That's why this episode is brought to you by Gamefly. And just so you know, you listeners can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime and get started with a free 30-day trial of the service. What is Gamefly? It's like Netflix. It's like Netflix, but for games, you should know that by now. You create a queue, they ship out uh, two to three games to you. It's up to you. You play them for as long as you want, ship them back, and they'll just keep on shipping stuff from your queue. This is a great way to save money on not only playing a bunch of new releases, a bunch of old releases, because not only does Gamefly have over 8,000 titles ranging from PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, PS Vita, they go all the way back to original Wii, the original Xbox, PS2 in certain cases. I know, right? And to sweeten the service even more, Gamefly allows you to buy a game back. Have you kept it out for a long time? Do you want to just keep it? Are you that settled into the multiplayer? You can buy that game back from Gamefly at an extremely reduced cost, and they'll send you the box and manual as if you purchased it anywhere else. Once again, you don't have to take my word for it. You can get started with a 30-day free trial for yourself by going to GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime. Yeah. Check it out now. No doubt, yeah. Special girl, real good girl. Biggest thing in my itty-bitty world. Call her up and she made me feel right. Wish the bliss could never take flight. Sitting back with this mic in my hand. Spitting hot shit, trying to see grand. Coming in with a vibrant thing by Q-Tip off of Violator, the album, not to be confused with the toy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a compilation from it's a compilation from Def Jam. I knew this song was Q-Tip. I just always thought it was Tribe. Am I crazy no, on it? Like, apparently, I, I, yeah. I mean, going through the albums, there's sort of nothing really stuck out to me, and I was like, oh, a compilation from Def Jam. No, I guess I'll throw it in it. And then I look, and it's like, oh, it's it's like in the the top 10 on the charts for weeks and weeks and it's like oh so it's less a compilation and sort of a mixtape but also sort of like a sampler like man that here are, here's a bunch of it's like a best of or a soundtrack it's that just that is a bunch of our stuff. something that has definitely lost the, the digital age yeah. as a fan oh, of, yes. of scrappy punk rock like the yep. the label compilations yes. were how you discovered people i had a couple of those yeah for holy emo shit. stuff i don't know that there's a digital equivalent of that nowadays i wish there were yeah. that's how i discovered a lot of stuff yeah, but I guess why bother when you can discover? It's just that it, it was a cheaper way to discover new music, and you don't really need that in an environment where you can listen song by song or preview right. shit. Right, uh, or listen to a playlist that's curated on right. Spotify. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, remind me to throw out those Fat Records compilations. Anyway, new releases this week, uh, August 9th through the 15th, 1999. Uh, Black Elvis slash Lost in Space by Cool Keith. DJ Cool Keith, I forget how he's going. Uh, the Burning Red by Machine Head, uh, Come Pick Me Up by Super Chunk, Edge of Forever by Leonard Skinner, and Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera is number one. Rubber the um, right way. Was that the debut last week? Yes. Okay. And I believe oh. the album comes out next week. 
Also, I, f I always forget that that the radio edit for that had her singing you have to treat me the right way instead of you have to rub me the right uh, way. Did it, did it really? Yep. How the fuck would I know the non-radio editor? I never owned that album. Yeah. Huh. They had to get rub out of there? God damn they it. They took rub out. We haven't talked about that but maybe we should at some point that like MTV was like its censorship was insane yeah. at this point uh, where it was like you can't use the word gun and, or smoke yes. uh, even when it's and about a cigarette. And look where it got us. So yay, it worked, y'all. <laughs> it worked. It totally worked. As long as kids don't say the word, everything fixes itself. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because well, the, yeah, the MTV, the video that was on MTV said rub. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. So what maybe it was a Pensacola thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was maybe, a, yeah, maybe you were listening to what a four point nine. Uh, the the Eagle. <laughs> we had TK one hundred one. TK one hundred one mm -hmm. with the new hits. Mm -hmm. Hits. Yes, and I would call every Friday whenever I, I was having a sleepover party with my cousins, and we would always request <laughs> play Mister Mister. No. <laughs> what? Do you want to guess? Freebird. Free, not Freebird. No. Um, something of the Cruel Intention soundtrack. No. No. Uh, Come on Eileen by Dexys and the Runners. <laughs> One of my favorite songs as a child. Once again, having to call into the radio to ask them to play a song <laughs> is something that I did. Please. Please play it. I haven't heard Third Eye Blind in an hour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh, man. Speaking of music, 1999, uh, it's Splitsville for Mick Jagger and Jerry Hall as their marriage is Aww. declared null and void by the British government. How does Remember that, that work? work? I don't know. Is that know. not a divorce? I that's just the story Did I, that he I not saw him. Consummated. Ooh, maybe maybe that's what happened. <laughs> maybe maybe Rupert Murdoch was laying that thicker pipe. How'd you Ew. like to think of that world? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> that is, always that is the hell world that we live in. That there is a woman who has fucked both Rupert Murdoch and Mick Jagger. Good, there's got to be more than one. I always thought laying pipe was shitting. Yes. Didn't, this was in a movie I just saw. <laughs> uh, it was. It was. In, it's. it's a, that is in the opening of The Boys. But you, I know you haven't seen it. But no. that's literally. Mm -hmm. The, in the opening of the boys, certain slang confuses me. Uh, that's <laughs> laying cable is shitting. Oh. <laughs> well, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> call it using the restroom. So it's not moon time. It's um. That's when yes. I have to make my earthly deposit. My moon sickness. That's my whenever I get my period. Sickness, that's, uh, moon sickness has come upon me. And this is this is dumb news, but I thought it'd be fun for us because we talked a little bit about it earlier in the year mm, of this show. Mm -hmm. Mike Myers signs on to a two picture deal at Universal uh, following the success of well Wayne's World a couple of years ago, but but Austin Powers. Yeah, uh, Austin this Powers too. Definitely. Yeah, Austin Powers too. That early, the beginning he, of the season, the beginning of the summer. He signs on to make a Sprockets movie, a sketch that debuted. What was it like four months ago, ten years ago in this segment, mm -hmm. thirty years ago? Never mind. You see what I'm saying? But like, there was supposed to be a Sprockets movie. And this the, the scripts finally came out, and it's it's a weird it's an ongoing saga. It it resulted <laughs> it in for a long time. It's just weird to think yeah. of like. Who would sue Mike Myers? Well, Universal and Ron Howard, apparently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and it, the, yeah. the, the rumor is, even though it's been denied, but it's still too fun to talk about. Because Mike Myers, like, he didn't want to do it because, like, the script sucks. Mm -hmm. And I know because I wrote 14 drafts of it. Mm -hmm. It's not ready to be made. Like, don't put a release date on it. I don't want to film this. So he backed out and gave back his money. And uh, Universal sued him for a breach of muckety-muck. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But Mike Myers doesn't star in shit. Ever. He like stars in movies that he likes or movies that he shepherds. Um, I've always liked that about him. Even in the love guru. All right. Anyway, but 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 like that or that or Shrek, um <laughs> the rumor is 
the one big Hollywood movie he made that's really objectively terrible, Cat in the Hat, was done to a, as a settlement Oof. of these lawsuits. Oh. That's the rumor. Because that is not a very typical Mike Myers choice. He's not in a lot of garbage in a starring role. Uh, but that's one of the worst films I've ever seen. Ooh. And it's still surreal when you look at it. And I can't wait to talk about it and maybe force people to watch it. Uh, but no. Sprockets, now's the Why time. Why would you do such a thing? Now's the time on 302010 where we dance uh, to the movies of 1999, August 15th, August 9th to the 15th. Sixth Sense is deservedly number one at the box office. Man, that's fun. Mm. That's fun. It's fun to think about mm-hmm. like people not spoiling this yes. for people. Because yeah. like, we lived in a world where like, I think... Th- Seeing Avengers Endgame, I'm not going to go off on it here. That's for bonus time. But it it blew my face apart. Mm-hmm. And within three weeks, Marvel had released clips of the spoilers because <laughs> it was <laughs> it was like that ubiquitous. That week, Chris Evans is on the Tonight Show talking about major spoilers in the movie. Mm-hmm. Nobody was spoiling Sixth Sense for people. They're just saying you have to go see this. Yeah. And there's no Twitter mm-hmm. for like just a bunch of uncovered information to fly mm-hmm. in your eyeballs. No one was. It was a slow burn, and everyone. You seen Sixth Sense, and everyone was like, "Whoa! Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Have you seen it?" Yeah. Okay, don't talk about it. Don't yeah. talk about it. And that's how I remember Sixth Sense being. Um, what a time to be alive! Um, <sighs> and then seeing the adventures of Sebastian Cole. God damn it! Hmm. Uh, you wh- didn't see it. I no one saw. I didn't see this movie. No one saw it. You can start, watch it on YouTube. I've seen it now <laughs> because I was intrigued by the premise because uh, it stars Adrian Grenier from Entourage as uh, a mopey teen and uh, Clark Gregg as his stepdad who undergoes gender reassignment. Hmm. I was like, okay, Agent Coulson is going to become a woman, mm-hmm. and we'll see how this goes. Well. Now and for 1999, to... I thought, well, I want to see how this is treated. How does this movie go? This mm-hmm. is pretty interesting. And it turns out uh, the movie's actually really boring. Um... But it does treat it nicely. I mean, it's just everyone, like his sister gets all mad that, you know, he's going to become a woman. and But everyone else is just sort of like, whatever. That's weird. But you do you. And then mm-hmm. he just starts hanging out with his stepdad, who's, you know, wearing a little gypsy dress <laughs> dressed like Stevie Nicks and he's just like yeah whatever okay um, that's cool you know another movie and now most we... of it but most of it was just a mopey like teen movie like no one understands me just do that I want to be a writer but I don't want to go to school or read and like oh, fuck you Adrian Grenier there's a more interesting story going on there of a yeah. trans person mm-hmm. going through a huge life event yeah which we now refer to as gender confirmation surgery ooh we do. Yep. Yeah. Writing that down. Hold on. Yeah, that's Never one of those remembered. things that's like obviously in twenty years the the, the terminology has has definitely adapted and changed, and of course then they're just calling it sex change. Yeah. Right. So, He's getting a sex change, and people are you know still calling him he her he and dead naming him. And right. He's just like nope. This, but he doesn't get pissed off about it. He just sort of sits there smiling calmly. Just all right. You don't understand, but I feel happy with myself, so I don't care. Mm. You know what other huh. movie you could say is sensitive trans issues but boring? Hmm. Glenn or Glenda. Mm. Watch that instead. It's, hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a true it's statement. It's definitely more entertaining. Uh, well, not on purpose. <laughs> yes, not on purpose. Uh, Even on purpose. Uh, Adventures of Sebastian Cole was like, uh, there's there's a way better movie buried in here. Yeah. You know, and it's just overall it was just so boring i feel bad for like any any seven-year-old who walked into this film like Mm. expecting something for him or her Mm. um and this is this is always a rejected um laser time idea Mm -hmm. in the subject of movies about people locked up abroad 
and because uh, there's just not that many. Yeah. And uh, this, I don't remember how much I loved her. I think I like this more than that Vince Vaughn one. Uh, Return to Paradise. Return to Paradise. Broke down Palace. Claire Danes, Kate Beckinsale, and Bill Pullman in Broke Down Palace. Alice and Darlene were out to have the best summer. Welcome to first class. Until one chance encounter. He's cute. Go for it. He wants to take us to Hong Kong. Changed their lives. It'll be unreal. Forever. He found you both guilty. For how long? 33 years. He's done it a hundred times. And you're just 101. I told you I confessed. Guilty or not, they're guilty. Broke down palace. I didn't do it! Rated PG-13. August 13th. <laughs> What's Ooh. that song? What uh, is that song? Uh, I do not know. I, don't, I do not yeah, remember. It was ubiquitous, though, during this time. I don't know. So so based on the Grateful Dead song. What? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, I had to wait. Is this a reference? Diana will tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, it's a Grateful Dead song off American Beauty. Mm. Great fucking album. Mm. Anyway. American Beauty. Kevin uh, Spacey reference by the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Also, <laughs> a movie we get to talk about later this year. Uh, I would rather oh, listen to the album. That's anyway. uncomfortable. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. I have to rewatch I'm that. I'm kind of... Looking well, we can talk about. It. I'm looking forward to revisiting that. I've been seeing it. Yeah, long I, bet time. I bet it's better than people remember. Mm-hmm. Anyways, broke down anyway, palace. Broke down palace. So- I haven't seen this one. I saw Return to oh. Paradise. The, um, the story of two. It sounds like this one. Yeah, is sort of more interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's the story of two lasses abroad. I forget where, but you just heard they're saying traveling to Hong Kong, Thailand, Thailand. Th- from Thailand, which is like what every all bets are off there but if you try and like transfer shit from there they really crack down on you and they do not make exceptions if you're mm-hmm. from another country mm-hmm. uh it's been the yeah. subject and of, you got tricked by some dude yeah. and they they got lured because every other movie i'm thinking of like it was the person's fault this is clearly not the girl's mm-hmm. fault it is right. it is right. hidden on Genetic their bodies kind of they're tricked yeah. into it and uh bill pullman must uh he plays the attorney oh i thought he was gonna I break think. them out no i'm forgetting the movie now yeah. no but no. It's another one of those movies, a Midnight it's, Expressy. No, it's that's not fair. I watched it a couple of years ago because mm-hmm. I just never gotten around to seeing it, and um, I think it's good. I mean, it's fine. I still remember it. Yeah, it's 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 fine. The acting's good. Claire mm-hmm. Danes is great. I didn't do it. Yeah, she's really <laughs> yeah, good at just like flying off the handle. She's very good at that. Uh, yeah, a bunch of reviews I read all said that it's like some liked the movie, some were eh about the movie, but both said that the lead performances were great. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I can believe that because I like Claire Danes and I like Kate Beckinsale and I like Bill Pullman. So. Yeah. And the ending yeah. is really, I think it's based on a true story, actually. Now mm-hmm. I think about it because I do remember there being like a postscript afterwards that kind of tells you what happens to the girls because, spoiler alert, one of them doesn't leave <laughs> the, Thailand. Oh. Um, but Ooh. yeah, it's definitely chilling. It's mm-hmm quite frightening the idea of like that happening to you and being locked up abroad in a legal system that you don't even understand what people are saying to you and you know what choices you're making and not understanding the rules of where you are you know what a man would have done in that situation tell me mansplain me become batman (laughs) if only they had thought of that sorry dang it all uh uh yeah Oh, it, well, it, how about this? The, the next film. I, I actually really like the next film. Mm. Um, mm. A small, charming uh, teen comedy mm-hmm. uh, with uh, featuring a band I have and still have always hated mm-hmm. yes. at every point in time and hate them more than ever with every passing day. Yes. Uh, and, and it's, it, so I'd like to think that's very mature of me because this is a yes. movie. It's a, okay. mo- it's a movie about going <laughs> to see a band I have always loathed the most. Mm-hmm. Um 
It's part of what I call the trilogy of only good Edward Furlong movies, along okay. with Pecker and Terminator 2. Uh, yes. <laughs> Sam Huntington, Giuseppe Andrews, James DeBello, Lynn, Lynn Shea, Melanie Linsky, and Natasha Leone, yeah. and Woo. Kiss, and Detroit Rock City. How badly do you want to see the greatest show on earth? Kiss sucks! No matter who you are, we're going to Detroit! No matter where you live, the night is young, filled with possibilities. <laughs> On August 13th. It's a girl walking along the side of the highway. They make scary movies that start out like that. But they make porno movies that start out like that, too. All roads lead to Detroit Rock City. Rated R. Starts Friday, August 13th. Yeah. I I just remember that line so clearly from the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's been done a couple times. Yeah. A perfectly, I don't know, like a... A perfectly charming movie that I think every childhood will have. There is always going to be something abroad you think is the most important thing in the world that your parents will not help you with, and you have mm-hmm. to pull all your friends together and every resource you have in order to get there. And for these guys, it's getting to a kiss show in a different town. Yeah. And obviously, shenanigans ensue. Uh, so, so many shenanigans. Very many shenanigans. Like they thought they had tickets, and it turns out they don't, and then they try to buy them from a scalper, but they don't have money, so someone's going to have to go stripping to get the money, and then, oh, that's, yes. Stuff like that. We're gonna. Oh no, our car's been towed. We're gonna break into the impound lot. And it's, it, but it's well paced. If I mm-hmm. remember, is it has been a long time since I saw this. I'm sorry, I did not go back to rewatch this. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, well, if you're bored in ten seconds, something else will happen. So yeah, it just kind of keeps going. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it's it's a minor period piece set in the late '70s, early '80s. I can't actually remember. Mm-hmm. I would say '70s because mm-hmm. it's not a time I remember. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I don't know. I've always liked movies like this. Yeah, little little kid teen road trip movies. I bet it has a pretty good soundtrack. Just looking at this like last little scene, like I see like Pantera and the Donnas. Everclear, on it. Marilyn Manson, <laughs> Pantera, the Donnas. That was Everclear covering Jeez. Thin Lizzy, I believe. Oh really? Uh, boys are back in town in the trailer. Yeah, I do love Everclear. And uh, oh, that's th- the funniest thing about it. Like, um, well, I, this is a dumb memory, but I'm going to spit it out because I want to. Because it was the and- biggest. Is when I learned you can kind of run riff shot over like Walmart employees if you're a big enough dick. Um, and That's I, cool. I, they have pretty good like fulfilling careers. No, so no, no. It's, it's not something I'm, it's not something I'm proud of. It's just something that I surprised, I was surprised it worked. I was like, I wanted to see this movie and the DVD is in the $2 bin mm-hmm. and it rings up and it's like $19.99. I'm like, but it was in the $2 bin. Like, it rings up for nineteen ninety nine, but it said two dollars, and I did that probably another twenty times. She's like, "Fine, Aww. give me two dollars," and I walked out with Detroit Rock City. <laughs> oh wow! <Aww. laughs> I don't know if I would have discovered it if not for being an asshole. Look, I, I deserve it. I deserve it. Be a, yeah, go ahead, write about it, Reddit. Try and make it seem more extravagant. Um, but the coolest thing on the DVD, and I thought this was really funny. They don't complete it, mm-hmm. but Adam Rifkin, um, the writer director of this movie decided to see if he could shoot another movie with the same actors on the same sets while he was shooting this movie. So they, so on the DVD, you can see like they're kind of just like boyhooding their way through the process and trying to tie scenes together, but they really were all teamed up together to try and make a separate movie on the what? set of this movie, sometimes in the same outfits. It's it's pretty cute. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> that oh, what a clever sounds... idea. Yeah, what yeah. A, what a, if you would have pulled that off, that would have been fucking hilarious. I still think it's hilarious that's, and worth a footnote. That's pretty Oops, impressive, and yeah. it's also impressive how that ties in so well to the next movie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, shit, a movie about making movies? 
a movie about making movies, catch as catch can, doing whatever you can in a couple extra minutes with the cheapest labor you can find. Wow. Uh, Beautifully put. Robert Downey Jr., Terrence Stamp, Christine Barinsky, Heather Graham, Eddie Murphy in Bowfinger. This is one of the hot scenes that is about heat and chemistry. The artistic portion of the film. That's right. So, so just give her a little room, react normally, be sensitive above all, because in this scene, Daisy's going to take off her blouse. <laughs> Steve Martin, you're offering yourself to him in order to save the planet. And Eddie Murphy. Awesome. Bowfinger. You're doing great. Rated PG-13. Ugh, I, I, I don't love this movie. <sighs> Speaking of kind of hidden gems, I, I love this movie too. Yeah, I, I, we have, it's so weird that yeah, we've never had Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy together right. before. Mm-hmm. Written well, by Steve Martin, directed by Frank Oz. Yeah, ah. where are this movie's fans? Because this movie is adorable. It's also I didn't even know that was a genre, but a good movie about making movies. Hmm. Um, yeah. As 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 since Ed Wood is in like my top five, mm-hmm. I, I turn that into a genre. Like, uh, and, and Steve Martin is playing like a very Roger Cormany type, um, mm-hmm. like a, a, a Z level film producer who can't get shit done, but finds the twin of a major movie star and decides... Oh, my dog's so angry. In, in a very, what would you call that? Operation Kid Brother? What's that MST3? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that stars Sean Connery's brother, an Italian ripoff of James Bond. Wow. Yep. Things like this have happened. Uh, look, look no further than, what was it? Moving Violations with Joel Murray. He sounds a lot like Bill Murray. Any movie with a Baldwin right. that's not Alec. Ooh, shit. Mm-hmm. Take that, Daniel. That's who we meant, right? Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, gr- a great cast. And the first major thing I ever saw really make fun of Scientology hmm. and didn't get yep. any trouble. And, well, and, it's not Scientology. It's Mindhead. It's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, th- I still think that's amazing because they would sue people for making fun of them a, f- oh, yeah. a few years later, but like Steve Martin is very clearly making fun of them, and the, uh, it's, it's I, Steve Martin uh, has not been a movie star for so long. I, it just was so gradual; I didn't even notice. But his career was kind of teetering, and so was Eddie Murphy. So it was great to see them mm-hmm. find that need to team up together. And the character Eddie Murphy play, is playing the, his nerdy version mm-hmm. is fucking hysterical. Very adorable. Yeah. It's it and uh, that yep. I think the only thing that has spread to the new generation. There's a meme of him; he's a very scared nerd in a karate scene that's just kind of batting <laughs> things away as stuntmen fly out of the way, and that has become a meme <laughs> where people put different things in there. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I'm glad that of all else has this sets the time. But like as a big growing up a big Steve Martin fan, it's always been very easy to direct you to what movies you should bother to watch. Last week we said, "Who cares about Parenthood? Mm-hmm. Who cares mm-hmm. about Houseguest? Is it written by Steve Martin? Watch that one." Watch The Jerk, watch Roxanne, watch L.A. Story, uh, and watch Bowfinger. Mm. Those are the yep. only ones worth watching, uh, yeah, except I mean, for The so, Pink Panther. <laughs> yeah, well, so so much of it, I mean, so much of the movie is about him, yeah, trying to get shots with this star lookalike, also played by Eddie Murphy. But my my favorite parts are they're, they're making a movie starring this big Hollywood star without letting him know right, about right. it. Right, okay, yeah. He, th- that's that's the part I love the most, where like he tells, he's got all these actors, like Heather Graham and Christine Baranski, and gets them together and says, like, okay, no, he's starring in our movie. He's just so method, he doesn't want to interact with you. So basically, I'm going to hide across the street with a camera. You walk up to him while he's having dinner with someone, unawares, and just say your lines at him, and we'll cut it together later. So he starts, the, the star played by Eddie Murphy starts being driven insane because right. he's just minding his own business. <laughs> and people start he's already 
emotionally weird. That's why he's with Mindhead. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Christine Baranski, just some random woman, walks up to him while he's eating lunch and says, you only want alien love. <laughs> and and he doesn't know what's happening. And he's driven crappidly insane by this. It, it does feel like a movie that would have been like a boner fide classic if it came out like 10 years earlier. Mm. Um, but it, mm. it's, it's, it well, has... Yeah. It, it has a very classic feel to it, so it sort of got lost this summer. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the last, the last Steve Martin movie I'd recommend because he wrote it, and it's it's just it's mm. filled with perfect Steve Martinism. I there's a scene with involving a dog and his balls that is like so safe for work and, <laughs> and just so cute that makes me laugh every time. Do <laughs> you remember what I'm talking about, Diana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, my favorite. I always forget it was Frank Oz that directed, but. Uh, me too. My favorite is when they're like, okay, this is the scene where you have to run across the freeway. No, no, it's fine. These are all stunt drivers. And they just make Eddie Murphy run across <laughs> the freeway. I'm just screaming. Like, oh, God, 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 They're like, yeah, it's perfect for our movie. Sure. This is screaming and crying. It's a very, okay. it's a very underrated Eddie Murphy <laughs> dual role movie. Hmm. It's a better yes, than Norbit. It really is. Because mm-hmm. he makes them. I feel like the, the star version of Eddie Murphy is so like the Eddie Murphy that we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. That it's kind of fun just because there's almost a feels like he's playing himself, but getting slightly and slightly crazier. And then the nerd one is just he's so little Jeff is so adorable and they make him do such horrible things. He plays a, He plays a good nerd. Shit. That reminds me. Someone was like, everyone knows I'm a Planet of the Apes fan. It's like, have you seen Eddie Murphy on Comedians in Cars getting coffee? Like Eddie Murphy talks about Planet of the Apes for like 10 minutes. And oh, like, wow. We're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew me it. And Eddie Murphy I are best knew friends. we would be best friends. <laughs> No, yeah. like Star Trek, but this is different. This is one that I did not get to, but I really wanted to. So it's <laughs> going to have to be on my watch later list. That's never going to yep. happen. I recommend I it. I, um, this might be one of the last movies that I have on VHS. Really? I own the DVD. Yeah, I I believe uh, this was, you know, joined the VHS family when uh, my husband Michael and I moved in together. Because back in the day, you could get movies for cheap at Blockbuster once they got rid of all their Dude! copies. So you could get... You can get it for like, you know, four bucks or whatever. Mine still has so the sticker he, on it. Previously viewed. Yep. Buy one, buy two, get one free. That's what my Bowfinger copy says the same thing. God, we yep. did. So, and so just to guarantee that none of that money came back to big. Bowfinger, <laughs> Michael and I did not yep. give a dime to Bowfinger. Yeah. Only I Blockbuster maybe, profit. Maybe we should send them some now. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'll actually buy it on DVD and they can, they can get some money because this is... It's totally worth a watch. I hope Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy are doing okay. And poor, poor Robert Downey Jr. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. Oh. Yeah. This was, uh, this is early in the troubles, isn't it? We're uh, in the midst of the troubles. I think, well, I think he's bouncing back at this point, right? Hmm. I guess he's because he didn't yeah. work during like all those troubles. Well, when he did was, Wonder Boys like, come the, out? Uh, I think in two thousand, two thousand one. I think that was like yeah. when his yeah, but he like went started. to jail. So if he he was out of jail, yeah. clearly right. Uh, so he's get he's sober. He's but like I was always a big fan of his. So I, oh, I this movie this movie had everything for me. It's directed <laughs> by Miss Piggy. Uh, it's, it's starring the guy from The Jerk. Yep. Uh, yeah, like I I, yep. I I couldn't have been more into it. It actually has. What's kind of offensive and then turns into a pretty funny joke about day laborers, that's their entire crew is like going next to the border and yelling, Trabajo, Trabajo, and just grabbing a bunch of guys that come running and just making them the camera guys. And it's like, that sounds really offensive. But at the end, it turns out they all learned really well on the job and they all start working in Hollywood. Yeah. So it was okay. The kindness of Steve Good Martin. For them. Uh, moving the television of 1999, uh, August 9th to the 15th. Uh, Independent Lens debuts on PBS. Yeah. 
This Ooh. is a great documentary series, still going. Um, and I mean, it's the isn't it the basis for documentary now? Uh, no, no, mm. not really. I thought it was. Yeah. I mean, it's a bunch of different documentaries for documentary now, but I mean, that also... Yeah, they have that framing device of Helen Mirren. But as it... Yeah. Welcome oh, to the 90s okay. season. Yes, yes, that of part of it. Yes, yeah. yes, Blah, yes. Blah, blah, blah. Absolutely, yeah. But I mean, if, if there are a ton of documentaries that I'm sure you've seen that mm-hmm. you didn't even know were independent lens, like Enron, mm-hmm. the smartest guys in the room... Um, Really, like PBS is like licensing these documentaries, basically. Yeah, I mean they're getting independent <laughs> filmmakers and and funding these documentaries. Um, I am not your Negro from last or from two years ago. Uh, the Ooh. Weather Underground. We'll fire later. Don't worry. Hale County this morning, this evening, which came out Ooh. last year. I just, it's like a treasure trove, basically, of like <laughs> amazing documentaries. And I don't know, I'm a big fan, so I've never seen it. I'm so embarrassed. Like you as someone be. who grew up on PBS, <laughs> like the second I didn't have to watch it, I right. didn't. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I love Docs now. You probably have and just don't even realize exactly. it. That's probably because, true. Yeah. you know, I mean, sometimes the, the like on the TV listing, so it'll just say like, oh, no, we're running this documentary. And you don't realize, oh, it's part of the series Independent Lens. Because okay. mm-hmm. I, have seen, I saw just, several of the Docs you mentioned, right. just not on TV. Mm-hmm. Right. Neat. God, a tax dollars at work. Thank God. Um, yeah. As opposed to. More of that. Uh, I don't know. I always say this. I always give context to this, but it is funny to me. Uh, In the House concludes on UPN. Does anybody remember In the House? No. Came on after no. Fresh Prince on NBC. It was LL Cool J's I'm the oh. Guy from the Inner City. It's like such a ripoff of Fresh Prince to the point where Alfonso Ribeiro pretty much played Carlton on this show from the third season onward. <laughs> but when I saw it, it was on after Fresh Prince. And like, I don't love this, but this is fine. LL Cool J, you're no Will Smith. And um, and then it but went. His hat is like a shark's fin. I know, it's like a shark's. Fin. And that's why that's why the show swam over to UPN. Where since our town didn't have a UPN affiliate, it it like I love the feeling that it lived in a different dimension. Like in my in my <laughs> dimension, it was canceled. In another dimension, it went on for another four seasons <laughs> on on a channel I could not watch, and uh, probably wouldn't if I had the choice. But uh, there it is in the house. Is uh, it concludes? And wait, what? That's why this was so important. We were talking earlier about the Teen Choice Awards. Yes. It's be- I was like, behind the scenes, I was like, they seem excited about this. I don't give a shit. It's the first annual Teen Choice Awards. Right. That's yes. why it's important. Yep. Um, that's, that is important. Is that, it's still happening, isn't it? It's still happening. Oh, yeah. mm. Unfortunately, the teens f- aren't our best <laughs> indicators of what's good. <laughs> well, I think we were, we were laughing at their choices, and that's why I was like, how is this award show worth talking about? But like, as a first annual teen award show, you can see they clearly have some things to work out. Yeah. <laughs> but let's look at some of the winners and losers. <laughs> Choice female artist, Brandy. That shouldn't surprise anyone. Beat Monica? They yeah. pitted them against one another? It's oh. rough. You have to choose who would... Look, that's not fair oh, to no, Monica. Oh, the boy is definitely hers. That's right. The boy's never coming back, Monica. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Even if you break out the milkshakes. Uh, and this is going to confuse the hell out of me. Choice Female Hottie and Choice Summer Song. Uh-oh. Oh, no. How am I going to say this? <laughs> Hold on. Choice Female Hottie, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Choice Summer Song, Jennifer Lopez. If you had my love, Hewitt! You did, uh, yeah, you did it. I did it. You're not uh, confusing them. They oh, were listed right next to one another. Wow, this is so bizarre. Film breakout performance. Because so, I'm guessing they're just choosing young actors they think teens might relate to. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily movies that teens have seen. Because <laughs> some of these movies have an R rating and they shouldn't have been seen by teens. Because out of 
10 Things I Hate About You, Go, the hilarious ecstasy comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ever After a Cinderella Story, October Sky, Rushmore, another hard R from Slums of Beverly Hills, The Faculty, Varsity yep. Blues, James Vanderbeek takes breakout performance and went on to do great things like cameo and Kevin Smith movies twice. Hmm. Uh, and uh, Freddie uh, Prinze Jr. This, this thing is rife with R's, hard R's. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm going to skip ahead to best comedy is There's Something About Mary, which I agree with. But it's a hard R. Hard R. Uh, and it's up against shit like Election, Patch Adams, Shakespeare in Love, Waterboy. <laughs> and then She's All That, Never Been Kissed in 10 Things I Hate About You, which is what I expect at a Teen Choice Awards. Right. So, all, and again, these are... What these, is happening? These are voted on by the teens. This is not a, a magazine called Teen's Choice. Mm-hmm. This is not the Teen no. Vogue Awards. Let me just say, though, I do have to... Okay, don't scroll anymore because I'm going to do a quiz for you. Okay. But first of all, <laughs> they have a... <laughs> They have a uh, category, choice sleaze bag. And I am very proud of this moment on behalf of women everywhere that the winner of this category is Sarah Michelle Gellar in Cruel Intentions. Okay, good. Yay. Women can be sleaze bags too, y'all. That's a good villain. Yeah. But the best thing was uh, the soundtrack, the best soundtrack of the year. So this is insane. So let me just put... So, yeah, we started, we were having trouble finding the winners for this because Wikipedia has it wrong. Mm-hmm. So before we started recording, we finally found somewhere that had it. And as we're going through, Sarah and I both started screaming about this. <laughs> I never thought I would feel so strongly about a Best Soundtrack Teen Choice Award. Yes. But here we are. This is the fun of the show. Okay, so I'm going to mm-hmm. read it to you, the okay. contenders, and you tell me which one you think won. So for Best Soundtrack, you've got Bullworth. 10 Things I Hate About You. Get a Superstar. Cruel Intentions. Mm-hmm. Best Soundtrack, that's the one. The Corrupter. The Corrupter? I don't Who even know what that is. In the Corrupter. I don't know. I have no idea. The Faculty. I, th- what's on the Faculty soundtrack? Does Elijah Wood have a jam? I guess a lot of things on Alt Nation. <laughs> uh, Varsity Blues. The Rugrats Movie. And City of Angels. So who do you think won? Okay. City... City of Angels has Goo Goo Dolls. Mm-hmm. Rugrats has mm-hmm. that amazing Maya song. Take me there. Let's go there. Varsity Blues, though, had had uh, Green Day. Um, nice Guys finished last. Foo Fighters. Uh, shit. And another one that were like became big hits again because of Varsity Blues in some mm-hmm. quite stirring football sequences, if I may oh. say so, as someone who hates the sport and barely likes this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so who won? I think Cruel Intentions should win, but I'm going to give it to Varsity Blues. Uh, that would be wrong. It was City of Angels. City uh, of Angels. The, the Iris, is that what that's called? Mm-hmm. That song. Yeah. That song makes you want to pull my fucking a, eyes out. A very sad song called <laughs> "I Grieve" by Peter Gabriel. <laughs> I wonder what oh, it's about. I love Peter Gabriel. <laughs> I do too. On, okay, Bullworth is legit, like a right. good rap album. Yeah. Ten Things I Hate About You was charming, and Cruel Intentions. That really is. Just, that's a soundtrack everybody had right. back then. Yep. We talked about it a ton. We listened to it a ton afterwards. <laughs> and, you know, I do have to say that the the City of Angels soundtrack is good. I have it, and I've oh. listened to it, and it's got Jimi Hendrix on it and John Lee okay. Hooker. It's just that that Goo Goo Doll song like a never very, stopped for nineteen months. I know a very sexy song by Paula Cole, which that sounds sarcastic, but it's not. <laughs> it is actually a pretty hot song called "Feel in Love." You too. On, on mm-hmm. uh, really on City yeah, of Angels. If God would send His angels. Oh, uh, uh, of course. Yeah. Right. Oh, an angel yep. by uh, Sarah McLaughlin. The, so just songs the sad the dog song. The sad dog song. Oh man! In the yeah. arms of Nick Cage. 
Oh, and Uninvited, one of my favorite Alanis Morissette songs. Oh, so, okay, Uninvited. Did we not talk song. about um, fucking City of Angels? Did we? I probably just no. We talked attention. about okay, it, thank and God. we made fun of it, and we blew past <laughs> it. Uh, it's just oh, Cruel Intentions won Best Drama. Yeah, is it, yeah, which is but is also like teens maybe shouldn't watch this movie, but we did. Yeah, and we were. So you can't blame them, I guess. We were maybe, voting. You know, if you're under under thirteen or fourteen, maybe not the best for you. Yeah, I Early guess there's. Teens. I guess there's I, I'm going to call it. I was going to say there's no hard boobs because <laughs> there's not any nudity. Mm. They're just like implied sexuality. Mm. Um, maybe like a yeah. bobbing and a head. A lot of swearing and a, a lot, lot of, of things that aren't actual swearing, but are extremely suggestive. Oh, like oh, you can put it anywhere. <laughs> Right, right. I really, I was in, I was in our dock, and I thought Diana was talking to me about moving something. <laughs> I kind of thought that too. <laughs> it was just so matter of fact. <laughs> All right, can we bring the little boys back in the All room? Right, they're, sure. They're, 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 come on, boys, it's something to celebrate here because a show I have n- no clue about is out this week. <laughs> it's <the> first. <laughs> Digimon, baby. It's not Pokemon. It's Digimon. What is this called and what are they? I'm unclear on this. It's true. They're digital monsters. Although, to Mm -hmm. be fair, I hate knowing this. Digimon Digimon was like a Tamagotchi thing in Japan. It didn't. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they had like cute little monsters, but it wasn't trying to be Pokemon. And then, but then Pokemon was a huge hit. So they made a show out of it and it kind of coexisted for a while and was pretty fucking popular. Is it a um, card game as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and in a series of video games, mm. and uh, but a long running amine. But uh, in terms of am, an animation, I do like. <laughs> uh, it's it's like I think it's only the fifth episode of a little show called SpongeBob SquarePants, and this happens. Is the pizza the crab pizza? Is the pizza absolutely? Rusty pizza is the pizza yeah for you and me. Please go look at that. It's, it's so SpongeBob cute. SquarePants is a great show. I just like um you know, I wasn't like a kid watching it live. I was an animation fan buying them on DVD and catching episodes where I can. Uh, this is the episode Pizza Delivery. Um, it has widely been acclaimed as the one of the best, if not the best, episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nickelodeon held an official poll 10 years later uh, in 2009, and everyone chose this as the best episode. Wow. Uh, other websites have IGN. Tom Kinney, voice of SpongeBob, chose it as one of his favorite episodes. So. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, I, I, I definitely watched it. It's just like, I don't know, like it, when, when you buy, when you get SpongeBob on DVD and just absorb all of it, it kind of bleeds together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, SpongeBob's pizza delivery, that kid should like that. Um, also out, video games. Video games, 1999, nothing in 1989. But here we are. Remember I said earlier about critically revered games? Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. say, I played them and can talk about them at Link. Ah, I gotcha. didn't say it at all. Uh, but because System Shock 2 is out this week, which I remember, I think, asking your husband and another one of our buddies, like, because they played a lot of PC games and I mm-hmm. didn't, what's your favorite game of all time? And they both said System Shock 2 when we were, like, 17 years old, or, like, 19 years old. 
And uh, it's it's from writer Ken Levine, uh, published by EA. If you're seeing where I'm going with this, they kind of lost the rights to this critically acclaimed darling. And Bioshock mm-hmm. is a spiritual successor because they mm-hmm. couldn't use the characters, oh, the title. Ah, okay. And that's eventually what Ken Levine went on to make uh, because, right. as a successor to System Shock 2, where, which resides at EA. And they have not done anything significant with as a mm-hmm. franchise because they basically own it through an, uh, many, many acquisitions and don't care. But that is out this week, and um, a lot of people call it one of the best PC experiences you can have. Uh, and also, if you have a PlayStation and are tired of Metal Gear, or if you like Goldeneye... Sci-fi filter. <laughs> Just remember, remember that in the commercial. <laughs> Siphon filter. Siphon <laughs> filter. Tactical third-person espionage got incredible reviews, but it is a Sony property, and as they always did with 989 Games, their own studio, they annualized them these franchises until they don't exist anymore. Mm. So it happened to every oh. PlayStation franchise, one a year, and then people just get tired. And I, Killed the golden goose. That's why you space it out, man. Mm-hmm. Let that be a lesson to you, Destruction Derby or Twisted Metal or, or Jet Moto. Did I only play the racing games? Anyway, that's it for games this week. How about we leave 1999 and uh, get prepared, suit up for 2009, because it's going to be an interesting one. And we're going to close out, because Diana hates me, uh, with Detroit Rock City by Kiss. Well, look, I, I am with you in that I, I hate Kiss. I think they suck. Yes. Except that they do have some good songs. Mm. Yeah, they but... have some good songs. Or at mm. least catchy songs. How about that? I won't call them good. I'll call them catchy. And I think this is one that this is very catchy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they were. They were. It's It's very weird to look at Kiss because they are very much cynical pop masquerading as like metal Mm -hmm. and it just but that's what made it work and i say mostly hate kiss because i hate gene simmons and who he who he's been and what he is now so fucking much and it's it has to be (laughs) and how embarrassing it has to be to be a fan of them Mm -hmm. love kiss would you like this kiss casket Mm -hmm. it's thirty (laughs) thousand dollars i'm gonna say something incredibly sexist in two minutes do you want to come to my (laughs) arena football team (laughs) (laughs) just just like the op- everything Kiss is is the opposite of art. Which is called and- the L.A. Kiss, by the way, <laughs> yes. the arena football team. That's fun. Yeah. I know. It's not for me. But- I only know about this. But I, Jimmy Pardo. Don't, I don't hate this song, I, but I never want to hear yeah. what time of day they want to rock and roll ever again. No. <laughs> Some ever. of us have bedtimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't appreciate it. Okay. So that's why we're close out with the Trek Rock City. Sarah's going to take a nap. We'll be right back with more 30, 20, 10. <laughs> Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But yes, we're at a party for my young cousin who is now leaving. My parents are there, my sister's there, and um, my mom disappears. She had her own car there, so we were thinking she was going home. And then all of a sudden, we, um, I'm talking to my cousin and my aunt, and a phone call comes in. There's like, you know, like 20 people here. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's dad. Oh, dad, what are you talking about? What? Oh, my God. You know, 
we were making. I think we made fun of on this show like Nest and like uh, mm-hmm. those smart home devices. The Ring app and all that stuff. Fucking yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Like no one, especially where they live, like out in the sticks with a bunch of other like like upper middle class white people. Right. Who the fuck is breaking in your fucking? That's house? who that's for. Who the fuck is breaking in your house? What do you need to see? So apparently, Uncle John had called to tell us that, uh, hey, your Aunt Marcia has fallen down on the front step and is lying there and can't move. Oh, and my So God. the doorbell camera thing, did. I, I kept telling my aunt, this is the only thing this will ever do. Yes. This will ever do. Totally worth it now. And we run outside. We It, it was... It was it's pretty horrible. Like, like there is something that will always be traumatic about your parent lying on the ground. A hundred percent. And she's holding her phone, and you can see like her trying with her fingers in an odd position, like like she called my dad, and of course this dip like doesn't know how to use his fucking phone. Oh. You can see her trying to grab my phone. I'm right. like, I, am I Bucky? Is I, am I the one who was next yeah. to be called? Because she doesn't know anybody's number. She doesn't know how to save contacts. Yeah. So. Because uh, the uh, ring technology, yes, we have the video. Oh my god! You have the video. Oh my it's, god! It, I'm nervous. It is not. It, I I promise it's not as funny as I thought it would be. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm nervous about. That I'm gonna laugh, and I thought, I your thought, mom will hate me. She's not I a did. listener. <laughs> What's this? Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of august 9th through 15th oh my god yes we have things to talk about and how they relate to film um because book ending this week are two very important things both 50 years ago uh, this week in 1969 let's start with a timely one um i guess because of what's in movie theaters uh august 9th uh was uh the death of Sharon Tate and uh, Jay Sebring and her house guests uh, at the hands of the Manson family. And then the next day, the Mansons killed two more people, um, this time just upper middle class people minding their own damn business. And uh, obviously that comes up in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, with Sharon Tate being a character. So I hate plugging other other podcasts. You know, I do that. I don't like the competition. But if you haven't heard the You Must Remember This series called Charles Manson's Hollywood, it's probably the best version of that story you are ever going to find. And yeah, I've read Helter Skelter like a million years ago. And But getting into what was going on in Hollywood at that time, how does Charles Manson fit into it? Who is this person? Who are his followers? Why did they do what they do? Is really, really good. So that's kind of this is weird because this is the beginning of the week, August 9th, and the end of the week... Uh, August 9th with the, the Manson murders is kind of considered like this is kind of the end of the free love 60s. And yet a couple days later, we have the pinnacle of the free love 60s because August 15th, 1969, 50 years ago this week, it was Woodstock, baby. So 500,000 dirty ass hippies getting together in a field, listening to a honestly incredible lineup. And so I, just, I have to recommend the movie Woodstock because besides just capturing some great performances, I mean, freaking Jimi Hendrix and Santana, it's a who. They're just so good. 
Uh, it also captures so many of the people that are there. And that's kind of fascinating because like, there's a lot of people is like, they're always talking about like this cat over here. Like he was kind of freaking out on the brown house and, and you know, he was like a weird cat. And then this cat over there, man, he was just like, and you're like, oh my God, shut up. But then there's also the true hero of the movie, Porta Sand Guy, who is a very nice older gentleman whose job is to clean the porta potties and make them nice and fresh. And he's just fascinating. Just this blue collar older dude in the middle of this massive sea of hippies who are just getting naked, rolling around in mud, enjoying life, sharing, caring, listening to great music. And he's just so like chill about it. Even though you'd think that he'd be like, nah, damn hippies. Anyway, Woodstock is just an amazing document just by itself. So I totally recommend it. Uh, yeah, and that's it for this week. Stay classic. I make some good girls go bad. I make them good girls go. Good girls go bad. Coming in with Good Girls Go Bad off a hot mess by Cobra Starship. Diana telling me, assuring me with that music that Cobra Starship had more songs than just Snakes on a Plane. Which, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, which is one of the like best worst songs I've ever heard in my life. It is deliciously <laughs> terrible. Uh, welcome to 2009, everyone. I didn't know Cobra Starship had that much longevity, but we're still talking about him ten years later. Mm-hmm. In 2009, August 9th to the 15th, um, some new, some more n- music new releases. He says as he burps. Uh, the, the Lost Get Found by Britt Nicole. Uh, Twang by George Strait. Self-titled debuts uh, from Slaughterhouse, Jesse James, and Justin Moore. This time by Robert Cray. Um, dude is Craig. Uh, and Stack is the New Black by Short Stack. I got a feeling by the Black Eyed Pizzles is number one. Um, number one. And if you think I'm not listening to Diana's Classic Corner, I am, and you should too, because uh, that is not the end of our Manson Once Upon a Time in Hollywood reverence, because Jesus, 10 years ago, Lynette Squeaky Frome, uh, played by Dakota Fanning in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, is released from prison. And I forget if she was there for being a murder accomplice or attempting to no. assassinate Gerald Ford. No, it was for attap- attempting to just assassinate Gerald Ford. Uh, yes. Yeah. And then and constantly. Then, so she, did, she did 34 years. But because wow. constantly misbehaved in jail and, const- and almost never wavered in her support for Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just find it weird that she's she's among us. She's been among us for 10 years she's and no one's in a documentary us. about Squeaky Frome. Uh, but. Yeah, I fucked him so hard. He, <laughs> he had to take a nap. It's in the movie, like oh. um, when you want to go see George Spawn. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I fell asleep during that part. Oh goodness, <laughs> it was so Lord. important. It wasn't. Uh, and I, I thought maybe Diana would get a kick out of this, and no one right. else. Um, <laughs> as, as I read this off, but just like we are straddling decades, mm-hmm. and I always thought it was funny, like growing up, and you know. You're a kid in the 80s, and you're watching some stuff from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and they're, everyone talked about, like, how's your stamp collection going, Jimmy? I never met a human being in my life, let alone a human child, <laughs> right. with a stamp collection. And now I know why, because they were never trying to appeal to me. Because 10 years ago, the USPS TV, TV classic stamps are introduced. Woohoo! Do we have a little Seinfeld? No. Do, do we have, do we have yeah. maybe a little Cheers? No, 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 no. Nothing like that. Nothing we have ever talked about on this show. I love Lucy. Okay. okay. That holds up Makes really sense. well. Good. Yeah. Twilight Zone. Yeah. Great. Great. Okay. Ed's, That's like the most recent one on here. <laughs> Ed Sullivan show. 
I don't know. I've heard about it, but maybe if he there was another Ed Sullivan, I would have watched him instead. But there wasn't, so we'll never know. Uh, the Night Show, cool honeymooners. Then we get the Texaco Star Theater. Like mm. this is exclusively mm-hmm. to appeal to people who are dead today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Perry Mason, the Lone Ranger, Ozzy and Harriet, Hot Papa Long Cassidy, the Phil Silver Show, the Dine, the di- Well, isn't that isn't that Bilko? Is that the Bilko yeah. Show? Yeah. Uh, Howdy Doody. Red Skelton, Kukla Fran, Kukla Fran and Ollie, yeah. So who the f- which what? I believe started that's or no, Is that started a radio show. Quality well, started as radio of shows. That probably did. Dragnet. Oh no, wait, I'm thinking of Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Never mind. Which is the reference my mom still uses. She, I cannot believe she's alive, especially well, after her injury. Yes, I'm laughing. No, I oh. feel like. It is still very strange to uh, contemplate that there was a time where the USPS is like, get ready, everyone. We're announcing our new stamps. And then people got excited about it. We, everybody did, though. I remember yeah. there'd be news on Nickelodeon. It would always be in an SNL monologue that Elvis is on a fucking stamp. Right. Well, sh- the Elvis thing was a special. That was a special occasion because we got to vote as a people, as a nation, whether we wanted skinny young Elvis or heavy older Elvis. And I think it was all part of a clever, uh, clever plan. Very clever marketing technique to make us not resent stamps, which we all do. And no one likes stamps. So maybe if they had people you'd like on them, you'd resent them less. I feel like part of it is that stamps are such a signifier for getting older. Yeah. That like... (laughs) Yeah, all right. Who do you know who has stamps? Yeah, like... Old people. And like every... And and the only time I use stamps, like ever, is for IRS shit. Yeah. Like uh, in California, especially, because you like literally have to mail it in. You cannot file it online up until like last year. Every time I mail something, I'm like, is this enough stamps? Is this enough stamps? No one could ever know. It's like I I never bother doing the math. I'm like, I walk over to the counter like, can you figure this all out? Can I just give you five dollars? <laughs> you just, I don't know, figure it out. Can I? Can I? Can I buy a person on Amazon who knows how to do this? <laughs> you have to, <laughs> let me get out my little scale. Uh, let me calibrate yeah. it. Fine. We didn't want to be exactly. three cents It's off. not a problem if you have the scale. Actually, anything more than like five pieces of paper and throw in a second stamp on there. You'd think because this is a podcast, we're going to go into a stamps.com read, but we're not. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just as upset as you are. They should be a sponsor for this segment specifically. For real. Yeah. Every um, now and then I end up getting like special stamps and I hold, I save like a couple of them because the, the color printing on stamps is like so pretty. So they did like a classic Hollywood director's stamps. And I was like, fuck yeah, what a John Ford stamp is like a really nice picture. Give mm-hmm. me. We were sending out Patreon rewards on uh, Batman stamps because they were catching up a little uh, until somebody had miscalculated the fee on that by thousands of dollars and we had to stop <laughs> so that if you ever wondered there's your inside baseball movies of 2009 uh what is it the 9th to the 15th of august mm-hmm. august mm-hmm. 2009 let's let's go back 10 years ago and i swear it's going to be really cool because it's it's one of the yeah. uh, a movie so good uh with with a weird stink on it that we don't talk about it anymore but it's mm-hmm. very good uh, and I'm not talking about spread with Ashton Kutcher Ooh, and Anne Hayes. Talking about weird stinks. Yeah, two people I don't yeah. want to see fuck or spread. Um, no. Unless Anne, yeah. Anne Hayes is a jail guard. Is this a story where he's like younger than her and they're lovers? He's a gigolo, basically. Okay. But spread is not, it's suggestive, but really he's talking about like someone having a nice spread, like their house that he can stay at because he's uh, a gigolo. I wish he was a juggalo. 
It would be that a would way, be way better. funnier movie. Get way more business. Yeah. Ladies love Juggalos. It's true. <laughs> yep. LL Cool J. That's what it stands for. <laughs> Ladies love cool Juggalos? Ladies love Juggalos. Yep. People don't know this, but that's true. That's the best exclusive we've had in a long time. I had no idea. I'm breaking the story right now. Oh. No wonder he wants to go by LL. Um, <laughs> also out this week, Grace, Jordan Ladd, Gabriel Rose, and Stephen Park. Oh, this is, uh, it's a hyper indie horror movie that sounds so deeply terrifying. Um, I am definitely pussing out and not watching this, but if you have seen it, please tell us if it is good or bad. The reviews were mixed, but the concept is horrifying. Um, It's a lady uh, who's pregnant. She's about to give birth. They get in a car accident and she delivers the baby and it's dead. Okay. And that's very upsetting. And then it suddenly comes alive again. Ooh. And she's taking care of it, but it's not quite right. Like, there's flies all over the house, and... It's a Sorry, I had my Nightmare on Elm Street clip ready, uh, just in case we needed it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and then the baby wants blood. Mm. Of course. Uh, it's what they yeah. breathe, I just learned uh, from the Abyss talk. Mm-hmm, Yeah. <laughs> In the they womb, don't right? breathe blood. Just no, it's amniotic liquid. fluid. No, I just learned that. Weirdo. Yeah, this sounds <laughs> so terrifying that? because okay. it's about like motherhood and also loss and not being able to cope with loss and also you know loving your child even though your child is like a literal monster in like an eraser heady sort of way. And wow, does this sound scary? Wow, uh, yeah. really brings yeah. us full circle from eighty nine. <laughs> right, and a terrible double feature: yeah. Grace and the Dream Child. Uh, <laughs> and and wow, hard pivot into um, I don't know what you'd call this. It it seems difficult to call it a documentary because it's not documenting anything as, other than sort of? than like I wish I loved all of these musicians more because it it is undeniably cool to see people from I would say not even three different ge- generations, but people who straddle five different generations mm-hmm. play together: mm-hmm. Jack White, Jimmy Page, and The Edge. And the uh, docket might get loud. When the three of us get together, what's going to happen? Probably a fist fight. This is the hall where Levy Breaks was recorded. This brings back some memories. I play a really old guitarist, plastic guitars. The neck's a little bit bent and it's a little bit out of tune. And I want it to be a struggle. This instrument was just calling out to me. 20 minutes in this store just to find the sound of the band. I love effects. So that's right. It is more about them, just them talking about music. Oh, you could not yeah, pick. Yeah, it's a- them talking about music, specifically guitars, and they, they talk a lot about really, really specific stuff about like uh, you know effects pedals and open tuning, and also like a lot about their careers and sort of their theories on making music. And in it, I learned something. Like I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of all three of these guys. These are three of my favorites. Seriously. Mm. Yeah. I- um, but then I learned something about Jimmy Page where now I'm angry at Jimmy Page mm-hmm. because it turns out he he was a session musician and he played on Goldfinger. And I'm angry because Jimmy Page is hoarding all of the cool. <laughs> you leave some of the coolness for someone else, Jimmy Page. Uh, God damn it. The oh, Ed- man. I'm sorry. You cannot pick a documentary that I am least interested in. Oh, you don't want to rock out? God damn it. Yeah. No. The Edge wrote some of the oh. music on the Spider-Man uh, Broadway Musical, yeah, okay, <laughs> bouncing off the walls. God, it's fun. But, I mean, how 
how, how could you not like U2 or Zeppelin no. or White Stripes? I, I like U2. I like U2 yeah. the most of all this. I like Same. Jack White more than I like, uh, as a person, more than I like any music he's ever made. I, I, That's pretty fair, actually. <laughs> I feel that way too. And 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 it's just that, like, I, looking at this, I get the significance. I just know, like, it's not something I'll be terribly yes. interested in. Yes. Um, Agreed. Yeah. I, yeah. I ended up. I I watched it. I did play it pretty loud, and it was interesting. Especially Jack White was very interesting. Like, it opens with him just taking a bunch of random things and sort of hammering it together, and plugs it in, and it's a guitar. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the kind of thing he cares about. It's like. I'm I'm gonna take some strings and this like car battery, and now yeah. I have an electric guitar. Kind of shit I love about him. And like record his last album in a stairwell, shit like that. No, yeah. no but offense no, to Jack if, White. If you're a rock fan, or if you play guitar, definitely if you if you play guitar, I think you'll find it very interesting. Though it doesn't get too inside baseball-y. Oh, I Jesus. like it. Is this this can't be about music too? The next film, Band it Slam. Is? Yep. I have never heard of this. But it's got Lisa Kudrow in it, who is one yep. of the the few, who's the only friend I'd save in a fire. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't want to pronounce this person's Gaelic name. Uh, Galen, probably Galen Connell, Connell. Allison Malikimaka, Vanessa Hugens. <laughs> I knew that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa Kudlow and Scott Porter and Band Slam. In a place where music's all that matters. How big is this whole band slam thing around here? Texas high school football day. They're going to challenge the rules. The winner gets actual record deal. Sweet. Oh yeah, and who's gonna sing it? And follow their dreams. She's the coolest person on the whole planet. We kissed her yet? I wouldn't even know what to do. To start by gently moving a strand of hair from her face. Genius. Band slam rated PG. Indeed. Band slam. Go know it. Um, I didn't know it either, but uh, for you know a teen's form a band kind of movie, it actually got pretty decent reviews. Hmm. So I was like, okay, if that's you know the kind of you want something to watch after you've watched High School Musical three a bunch of times. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Okay. Um, and it <laughs> and I... may be David Bowie's last film performance. Oh no, no. or appearance because uh, it's all about you know this kid is basically keeps writing emails to David Bowie. Really, it's it's his form of like journaling or writing a diary, but he keeps sending stuff to David Bowie. And in the end, David Bowie makes a cameo later than he an extra. He dear Mr. Henshaw him. <laughs> yep. Crenshaw. Yeah. Uh, Crenshaw. Yeah. Oh, uh, wait, no, I could be wrong. Um, I it's Hedgehog. It's hedgehog. Uh, it, like, okay, but here's, here's, I just found our weirdest tie in and I never would have known this. If your stupid husband didn't know the name of every actor in abyss. It's true, he does. This he knew that's Todd Graff. He's been in a bunch of movies and he directed Band Slam. Wow. Like what? Oh. The guy who plays Hippie in Abyss. Okay. And is, oh. is is the director of this film. Wow. Like that that's sorry. I'm, that's I weird. I I have fucking goosebumps yes. by how weird a coincidence that is. Yeah. I I know this means nothing like anyone listening. <laughs> uh thank God I did last minute research on Band Slam. Uh and wow. oh, actually, I have a weird tie-in for the Abyss with mm-hmm. our next film, which came out. We should have talked about it last year when it came out in Japan, but we're going to talk about it now when it comes out in the U.S. Um, it's advertised the same way the Abyss was advertised. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> uh, at, at least the first time, um, ladies and gentlemen, Studio Ghibli coming out a year later in the U.S. Ponyo. been hailed as one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. 
This summer, Hayao Miyazaki, director of the Academy Award-winning Spirited Away, releases his next masterpiece. We've all been waiting for you. The whole world is out of balance. Ponyo, you have to trust me. You're the only one who could save the planet. Do it now. Do it. Walt Disney Pictures presents a Studio Ghibli film featuring the voices on. I just can't stop watching this. It's so. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. Uh, I shouldn't be that indulgent when I'm playing trailer clips from YouTube, but. but it's- uh, it's so pretty. And again, we're underwater and the guy is telling us this director is really important and we should watch his next movie, which is about being underwater. And it's so pretty. And that's that's I just hate that that's my only takeaway from the film. Mm. Um, I don't remember much about the story or feeling. I just haven't rewatched it ever. Uh, I, it has nothing to do because uh, Miyazaki's last film, uh, The Wind Rises, might be one of my yeah. favorite films of the decade. Wow. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll talk to the dust really... settles. It's fucking excellent. But this is way more like imaginative and lavish mm-hmm. and and pretty, and that's sort of all I remember about it. It was like the only movie I thought that he made. Like, did you intentionally make a cute movie? Because it's, it's very yeah. cute. It feels like it's. Uh, this is one. Of, I have to admit, this is one of the Miyazaki movies I haven't seen. Uh, I've heard most people say it's better for younger kids. Mm-hmm. That it's it's little aimed more at them because it is very cute and it's about like cute childhood antics. But also, there's also some seriousness on it, which is because it's Miyazaki. They, we can't have any real happiness. Someone's going to die. <laughs> Hopefully, it's <sighs> a shitload of fish. But Ponyo, Ponyo is out this week. And I'm sure it has as its fans, because every time I go to like a Miyazaki event, like it's one of the, it's a big piece of merchandise. So oh, it, there's with a- people my age, we we don't have a lot of reverence for it as much as like Spirited Away or Princess Mononoke. I actually haven't seen Ponyo, but mm-hmm. I do own Ponyo themed clothing right because right. hot topic i have a ponyo romper that is just the cutest thing you've yeah. ever seen Where, where's my wind rises sun hat like <laughs> <laughs> why can't i have that oh man yeah, but it's like she's like a like a fish with like magic powers or dad's like a wizard or something i don't know i mean it starts out kind of like a little mermaid and then she's like a fish and then she like goes on land and meets people and then she also has to like try to protect the ocean I feel like an idiot uh, that that's just what I've read <laughs> because I still haven't seen it. And I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to I should probably just watch the rest of Miyazaki's oeuvre. Cause I've, I've seen all of them except for like one or two, two, no, two or three. And this is one of them, I'm afraid. So, hey, put in the comments what a bunch of assholes we are for not watching Ponyo and how it's so great. Because I'm sure it is because it's Miyazaki. So, yeah. Well, if anybody wants to go to bat for the. Jeremy Piven movie we're about to talk about briefly. Um, no. No. <laughs> I'll go to Bat for Ponyo, a movie I haven't seen. Before Craig Robinson, <laughs> Ed Helms, Jor- uh, Jordana Spiro, Catherine Hahn, David Koechner, James Rowland, Ving Rames, and the Piv in uh, The Goods Live Hard, Sell Hard. In the cutthroat world of pre-owned auto sales, there are the pros. I have a $44 haircut. And then there's these guys. I think I made a sale. Candy wants to pay in cash. Neatly packed in this canvas bag. Well, that's a bank bag. (laughs) On August 14th, if they want to steal this car lot. The lot's mine. They'll have to go through him. What if I sell every car off the slot? That is rich. (laughs) Alligators. Who brought alligators? The Goods. Live hard, sell hard. Rated up August a dumb title. <laughs> this title's so stupid. Yeah. And uh, I, look, I, I have 
recently in my life I've become a convert of how wonderful the movie Used Cars is. It is a fantastic comedy if you've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell, Robert Zemeckis, and Bob Gale before somehow making Back to the Future on the basis of that comedy. Um, but this is here's where I get confused, mm-hmm. and I just I, I obviously I don't I didn't research this film specifically, and I always I I've looked because I've looked it up before. You know, back in the day when you had all the time in the world and there weren't a lot of movies, you'd spend all this time reading movie websites like Ain't It Cool News who would like leak scripts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, before they got Anchorman greenlit, they had a movie called August Rush about a silly Anchorman style movie about used car people. I'm like, this sounds like the greatest thing that could ever happen. Mm-hmm. Is this that? This is produced by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. Hmm. I find hmm. no other connection to the movie August Rush that I read the script of. Isn't there another movie called August Rush that is not about no, any of that? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. It was something like that. Maybe I'm incorrect on the what the script title was, but yeah, August Rush was about a little kid who is a musician, right? It was something like that. But it was something like that, though. It was a less okay. stupid title than "The Goods Live Hard, Sell Hard." Okay. It told it, mm-hmm. it was just like the name of this event at the car place. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I remember always wondering, like, what happened to that movie? Like, I think they accidentally made it and it just disappeared mm. with the goods live hard, sell hard. That's what you get for making Jeremy Piven your headliner and, and not being PCU <laughs> before I won't see it. Yeah. Don't have anything to say about this movie. No. I mean, it's got an outrageous cast and I'm sure it's just people are like friends with someone else and they come in and they do a day or two. Um, and I'm sure reviews were mm-hmm. pretty rough on it. I'm sure, the uh, I'm funny... sure it's got fans. I'm like, sh- I that's the thing is like every bad comedy has fans somewhere right? <laughs> because comedy is so subjective that mm-hmm. the rest of us go like, oh, that joke sucked. And somewhere there's one going like, oh, my God, well, this is the funniest joke I ever saw. Love to hear and it. there's probably <laughs> at least a good line or two. Oh, I'm sure this. every oh, sh- good line yeah. in this movie is yeah. improv by one of these fantastic right. people. Well, that's why it hurts me to see Katherine Hahn on there because I love no. her so she, much. Don't and kid yourself. She loves being in bad shit. It's true. And she's so wasted <laughs> and, and bad stuff. But she's so. the new Doc Ock to me and that excites me. Yeah, well, <laughs> watch I that's Love right. Dick. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's still going? No. Mm. Sad. Uh, well, regardless of what preference Sarah just stated, um, I know you saw. The, <laughs> I did. I know you saw the next movie this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Livingston, Rachel McAdams, and Eric Bana. Uh, I know it's probably Bana. Uh, the time traveler's wife. When I married Henry, our lives seemed so perfect. But how can we be together? I disappear. I travel through time. When time keeps us apart. What do you want to talk about? How bad it feels to sit here and wait for you? Maybe stop traveling. Rachel McAdams, Eric Bana. We name her Alba. You met her? She's so beautiful. Daddy! The time traveler's wife, Rady PG-13. <laughs> Did she know he was a time traveler when she married him? Yes. Okay. I, don't yeah. know. Well, I told you, sweetie, don't marry a time traveler. I said it a billion times. That's basically Ron Livingston. You said he role. can change. He can change. No. Once a time traveler, always a time traveler. Uh, yeah, I read the book. The book mm-hmm. is great, and I like the movie. It's mm-hmm. very romantic, mm-hmm. and the music very told me so. Dreamy, yeah. <laughs> and everybody is very beautiful in it. Even Ron uh, Livingston. Even Ron Livingston. I like that, I like that man. Good looking guy. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know if I, it's as good or bad, but it's. Well, yeah. I, I've, I haven't seen it and I haven't read the book. I know 
just about everyone I knew who read the book said that the movie was pretty weak in comparison mm -hmm. because it's harder to like when you're talking about sort of these weird like metaphysical drifting through time sort mm -hmm. of things uh, making it literal on screen. It's kind of hard to do. It is, like especially it, when you're yeah, dealing. It's like it seems with... like making Slaughterhouse Five into a romantic comedy. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is not a romantic comedy. This is just a romantic just tragedy. Romantic. So how is he? He's a time traveler. He's a time traveler, and something he can't control. So he just all of a sudden <laughs> blips into hmm. another time, and. Um, one of the things I will say is that when I read the book, I remember reading like reviews about it and, and people talking about it, and it's actually pretty well respected in like uh, time travel communities. Yes, because Whoa! it does... Sarah was making time travel motions with her hands, <laughs> and that's how I got it. Because... What the hell is a time travel motion? <laughs> you have to see it, Diana. I have no she was idea like she was stretching is. time with her hands. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much um but because it really follows rules very well the rules that it sets up for time travel it actually does a very good job of following its own rules so it's very con in like internally consistent as far as what is how does time travel work in this universe so it's a, con it, it's a conversation for a later time but i think endgame ruined that because i think they're actually right about time travel Okay. There is no one future, past, or present sure. to go back to. Yeah. They're absolutely right about that. Time is a flat Sorry. circle. Blah, blah, blah. Which ruins a lot of my favorite yeah. films. Thanks, um, fucking <laughs> But, yeah. So, it also brings up a lot of interesting questions about free will. Um, and because, you know, there are things that happen in the movie, in the book, that he tries to stop tragic things and he says over and over again like i can't stop this from happening i can't stop this from happening i've tried like so many times um and he can't control where he goes so the best most interesting slash creepiest part of this is that he okay so when he and can rachel only, can only travel the times he would be alive in no so like he can't prevent pearl harbor no. Or the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. I can think of one example, at least from the movie. It's been a while since I've read the book, so I can't remember if this was also in the book. But he goes forward in time past a point where he's already dead. Okay. Um, mm. But he... So in the movie, his first kiss with Rachel McAdams is not her first kiss with him. What? You can't do that. Because he... Finds himself of one of his time travels. He travels back in time and mm -hmm. meets her. He's an adult. He meets her when she's eight years old. And oh. so they develop like a friendship. This is a creepy part. They develop a friendship. <laughs> and, you know, so she sees him Ugh. throughout her life from when she's eight years old. And then in, I guess, regular time, as she's age, she runs into him randomly in a library because he's a librarian. Mm -hmm. And she's known him since she was eight years old, but this is the first time he's met her in his chronological timeline. Good Lord. So she wow. already knows him and is in love with him, and they've she's already had So she's the December her... to his May. What? <laughs> Nothing. I don't oh. want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. She, she's already had her first kiss with him, but he has not had his first kiss with her yet. Oh. Holy shit. Okay. I don't know. I thought that was like cool. The whole no, part, and but I mean, part of it too is that she's like, I have had no free will in this. Like, you've known me since I was eight. I fell in love with you, like you know, as a teenager. Mm -hmm. I never mm -hmm. had any choice but to 
be with you, you know, because he yeah. shows up. He shows up randomly, like in her yard. Does he always appear in the same town? Is that what happens? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't understand the location aspect of it, and well, he just, can't I, control where he goes. I assume this was going to be some like veiled metaphor, but since it's so specific, I have a lot of time travel questions. I'm sorry, I should have just watched the we, fucking you movie. Just my watch job. the movie or read the book. <laughs> the book is even better. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's really fun. Like they answer a lot of time travel questions in there for you that you're like, but what about? And they, then they have an answer for it. <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's very interesting exploration. Mm. And also, it's very romantic. And also, Rachel McAdams is maybe the most beautiful woman on earth. So, yeah. 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 She's gorgeous in this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It was a pretty, pretty woman in that, too. Okay. I'll move on. I okay. can't keep calling Margot Robbie the most beautiful woman ever. I'm sure, someone's going to come along and knock her off the spot. Um, I thought you were talking about Brad Pitt. Oh, dude, I really lost it for him. That was ridiculous. I've never been so attracted (laughs) to Brad Pitt. His fucking hair, man. Dude. It's just something that, that could never happen for me. It's not the body. I'm not pissed about that now. Yeah, I'm not, I might not have abs and I'll never be able to shave my chest as well as he does, but Mm -hmm. that wispy (laughs) 70s hair. Oh, oh God. Look, look at me go. It's, look at me go. It's amazing. I took down, I, 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 I even took down my David Carradine poster. Put (laughs) put Brad Pitt up. Uh, anyway, a movie I was, sort of obsessed with during its promotion mm-hmm. it, it justifiably I think gets to be the number one movie at the box yeah. office uh, Jason Cope and yep. the film debut of Shart Shart how do you say it Charito Copley Charito oh that's an L Charito Charito Copley I'm having Roger. trouble I had two beers leave me alone District Night they came here 28 years ago they don't belong here at least they're keeping them separate from us. Why are you here? Nobody really knew what this place was. There's a lot of secrets in District 9. District 9. Rated R. Man, how do I even talk about District 9? God, well, dude. this is so fucking timely. I want to <laughs> yeah. punch myself yeah. in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so District 9 is an allegory for apartheid. And yet here we are 10 years later and we have people that are different in camps. Regarded as animals. Mm-hmm. Treated poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Kind of like they're not even human mm-hmm. um, and we just want them to go away referred to as invasive uh, mm-hmm. yeah even though they're just trying to survive uh, right. no they're just trying to not die yep. yeah that's what this movie is also about uh, yeah so district 9 it's about um, a spaceship full of aliens that are refugees uh, starts it just sort of shows up one day and hovering over South Africa and uh, they take all the people that they call prawns um, meanly. It's mm-hmm. not a nice name. Uh, yeah. And they put them in a refugee camp. I am doing my fingers as hard quoting as I can. Um, and then uh, this cop goes in and uh, they're going to clear the camp and go someplace even farther away from the prying eyes of the public. And um Things happen. The guy ends up kind of on the wrong side of the wire, and now he's with the aliens and has to help. Yeah. Hmm. But, but like, what was his story? He wasn't even like an actor. 
Because that that dude, Charlo Copley, has ruined every other movie he's been in, in my opinion. He is terrible. Mm. But in this movie, he's perfect because he's an unassuming dipshit, Mm -hmm. like wandering through this pretty heinous situation and not really taking a side. And uh, like, I can't I can't not talk about this without more nostalgia, like similar to what I said earlier about going to movie sites, because I back when I had all the time in the world. All this time ago. You remember Shane, right, Diana? He's been on the podcast mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, yeah. We would even watch short films. So we became obsessed with a man named Neil Blomklap. Uh, he made a, a movie about a, a, a... Did you say it right? Yeah. How did you I say it? obsessed with the poor guy? How do you say it? Blomkamp. Blomkamp. put an extra L in there. Blomkamp. Uh, Blomkamp. And, and Neil Blomkamp and his short films were astonishing. One of them became Chappie, which is uh, terrible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very watchably terrible, and the and, but the, the short film was great, and the, the better possibly better than District Nine is a fifteen minute short film called Alive in Joburg that is the basis mm-hmm. for District Nine, mm. and it's shot like a fucking frontline documentary mm. that's about this absolutely, and it's the coolest thing I'd ever seen, and it's and it like I just. And maybe I'm not that involved in like the film community anymore, but like I don't remember that happening before, where a short film not screened in festivals got so much attention mm-hmm. uh, that a short film got national attention. So what happened is that uh, Neil Blomkamp got signed on to do a Halo movie with Sony, mm. and for various reasons that fell through. And that's the only reason we have District Nine. He made this as a consolation prize to his contract. With the Halo movie, okay. which, by the way, we still haven't seen. <laughs> just give up. No one, yeah. people still care. But uh, and I, I just think that's great. The fallout of the Halo movie, we got District Nine, which is much more my preferred sci-fi, like super mm-hmm. hard sci. Like growing up reading short stories by the greats, like they were usually doing something a little more allegorical mm-hmm. to something like yeah. this, or like Rod, very Rod Serlingy. Yes, um, with yeah. the, right down to the. Semi surprise ending. I guess his transition is gradual into prawn. Don't don't get mad at me for saying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I really yeah. really like this movie, and re- I revisited it uh, a few months ago, and I thought like this is still really good, mm. and I really it, it is really good. It is very well made. The effects are just flawless because yeah. it's mm-hmm. Weta. Because Peter Jackson came on and was like, I like this guy. I like his short film. Let's make this. Let's make this a film. That's that's and actually only, why he was signed on to Halo and brought him on right. to make the Halo movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for only thirty million dollars yeah. U.S. So that's that's independent film money. Mm-hmm. And they did incredible. Just you stop you stop thinking that you're looking at effects and you're just looking at characters. And and, and like you said, Diane, I was I just didn't. I don't know. Almost as it makes. I, I didn't think this movie would be as relevant ten years later at all. Right. At all. Mm-hmm. I thought it would lose relevance. It only lose relevance, and it it was like it was hard to get through mm-hmm. as a result yeah. of uh well it, it after it becomes like sort of an actiony movie later on, but yeah and, I saw I definitely mm. saw it in the theaters when it came out, and I have not revisited it because I remember even on first watch it was hard to watch mm-hmm. um, yeah. and and so it's just not the type of movie that I would be inclined generally to go back and revisit again, but now that's even more timely, I don't know, maybe it's required viewing. Uh, yeah. It is no, not- I I totally recommended it, and mm-hmm. uh, I totally recommend it now. And it is the kind of movie like, 
Okay, so when we get to like March, April next year and we hit the Oscars, mm-hmm. this is going to be nominated for Best Picture. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I forgot and, about that. And wow. because part of it is because it's the year where uh, they instituted what I'm going to call the Wally Dark Knight rule, which is, oh, we can have between five and 10 Best Picture nominees so we can get more popular things in there mm-hmm. because we should have nominated both Wally and Dark Knight and now everyone's mad at us and no one wants to watch <laughs> us. We have nothing popular in there. We have the reader. No one saw the reader. <laughs> so. Let's have something popular. And this is like exactly the right kind of that's this yeah. is why mm-hmm. I was so happy about this. This is, you know, it's it's well made. It has an opinion. It has something to say. It's a risky um, studio it's, movie that also, deserves to be rewarded. But it's also like exciting and fun and interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got mainstream you know, appeal. And I don't know, like I felt like I was watching an old like 50s sci fi movie when I saw this. Like yeah. there's, there's like a- you, you could watch this and completely ignore that this is about racism. Mm-hmm. You could just watch it as an action movie if you were so inclined. Mm-hmm. Um, you would be stupid. You should be paying attention a little bit more because it's pretty clear what it's saying. But it's also not like preachy. Like no one's giving big speeches. No one's having big Oscar moments with soaring music behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it stays. It's entertaining. No, it, You're being it's, entertained. Its lead is one of the most unlikable characters in movie history. <laughs> in a great, in an unbelievably watchable way. And like, that's why the dude yeah. doesn't work in any other movie that he's in. Mm-hmm. And he shouldn't have been the main bad guy in Old Boy, Spike Lee. Rarely ever throw Spike Lee in a whoa, bus, but whoa. That shit Harsh was... Words. Terrible, mm. terrible. Uh, I totally <laughs> forgot that even exists. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. So the original Old mm. Boy is one of the best films ever made. Yeah. Uh, but I, and I can't recommend that enough. If you don't have time to watch this, don't want to go to trouble, just do do yourself a favor and watch ten minutes of Alive and Joburg. The Alive and Johannes. It's called Joburg. I know mm-hmm. what Johannesburg Joburg. is. Uh, yeah. it, but it's a short film that it's like a long trailer for what would eventually become this, and you can just see like, dude, I want to watch everything this guy makes. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't seen Elysium, so I don't know mm-hmm. what fell apart there. But I'd seen Chappie twice, and I just like, what the fuck, man? What the, how Was did it you... Die Antward? Is that who <laughs> did it for you? They, they should not be the lead of a movie. Dude. Um, yeah, and I didn't like the choice of Hugh Jackman's shorts in the movie. It'll make you mad, and I'm not a big fashion guy. <laughs> it's, it's <short> <laughs> Tucking your shirt into your shorts, Hugh? Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this is streaming right now. Uh, it's mm. on Hulu. I think it's on Amazon. It's like if you didn't, if you missed it the first time around, uh, it's it's still gonna work. And yeah, if you haven't seen it in ten years, then yeah, dude, you know, I have, I, dude, I, I'd recommend. I feel like we talked about this movie a lot for like two years, and then it just I never heard of, heard about it again. Mm-hmm. And I, I just mm-hmm. get the vibe like a film fan, a deep film nerd in 2050 is gonna discover this movie and it's gonna blow his fucking mind or her mind. <laughs> It, it it's so worth discovering on your own, like yeah. for real. This movie's this movie's fucked up, it's in a good way. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I can't be more articulate. Um, anyway, moving on to television of two thousand nine, August night to the fifteenth. Uh, oh God, I don't know anything about the show Shark Tank. People who love it love it. Mm-hmm. And it's not a the lot. James Woods shark show? No. No? No. no. I promise. No. This is... The American version of the reality show Shark Tank. Yeah. This is uh, basically three investor types who have a lot of money are sit in judgment of an entrepreneur <laughs> and or adventure, inventor type mm-hmm. who comes on and explains what their thing does. Mm. And then they decide whether or not they want to invest in it. It's a pretty straightforward concept, and it seems to yep. be very effective because people love this show. 
Yeah, and it's still it's also on. like this weird, like the the business thing. It's not just they're like, yes, I'll do it, or mm. no, I won't do it. But like they'll make an offer. It's like, well, I'll give you like thirty thousand dollars for a twenty percent stake. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, now there's like negotiating and trying to figure out is that a good deal or a bad deal? Mm-hmm. And ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. I honestly, I've seen it a couple times. So I'm just sort of like, oh, okay. Seems fine. Yeah, I've never seen an episode of it, but uh, it sounds intriguing. Yeah, it's all fine. the time in the universe. Yeah, but also we also have another. I just pulled this because what a fun concept, and by fun I mean slightly terrifying concept for a reality show. There goes the neighborhood. Neighborhood debuts on CBS. Uh-oh. Basically, they go into a suburban neighborhood. I think it's in Kennesaw, Georgia, and build a giant fence around. I think it's six family homes. And then cut off internet access and cable and all outside access. And then these families have to compete in challenges against each other. And then they get voted Uh, off at the end of every episode. Sounds real good for the kids. For best family? They get voted off their house? I don't understand (laughs) who does that, but okay. (laughs) It seems Uh, like a true nightmare. I'm sorry, your home now belongs to CBS? It feels like a, like, Purge 9 or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it, 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 this feels like something that would eventually become District 9. Yeah. Like a, it feels like a sci-fi story. Yeah. There goes the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, so dumb. I know. <laughs> uh, well, you want to see dumb. Mm-hmm. I think this channel... Oh, I do. This channel is dumb. Is I think so dumb it's gone. The Fox Reality Show Network. Mm. Uh, they mm. debuted a show called The House Husbands of Hollywood. And I... Like, like this has uh, to be bad, right? Mm-hmm. It's atrocious it was it, like are the housewives of hollywood the house husbands or house husbands i don't me. like I, like a couple most of them are like people who are vaguely famous like what like a couple were like retired athletes okay. so but yeah. they're like 40 and their wife works right or and one is the husband of tempest Bloodsoe. okay and, okay. <laughs> and they don't work and they get together and don't fight a lot. <laughs> well, then and what are we watching for? Right. And uh, yeah, it, I don't know. I just think didn't they make didn't Kevin Hart make a parody of this? That's probably more worth watching. Mm. The Real Husbands or something like that. Uh, yeah, it, it mm-hmm. lasted like ten episodes. Uh, who gives a shit? But yeah. like, why would this? God, there's probably not enough drink throwing, not enough calling yeah. each other yes. prostitution horse. Prostitution whores. <laughs> yeah. The worst kind of whore. What's funny, though, is that Lisa Rinna is mm-hmm. on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, oh. the actual television mm-hmm. program. And Who there was a time, you know, Lisa Rinna. Mm. Yes, you do. Is she on King of Queens? If she'd recognize her. Yeah, she's on El- yeah. Melrose Place. For a while. Now you're talking everything. my language. She's been in everything. <laughs> she's like, mm-hmm. she's hilarious. Um, but her husband is Harry Hamlin. And there was a time where he could have been on House Husbands of Hollywood while she works. So, like, eh, that's the only thing where I could find appropriate for this. Ew. I think maybe maybe a Kim Kardashian show was on the air, too. I, like, oh, I'd... Courtney and one of the other ones, Chloe, mm-hmm. I think, take yeah. Miami. That also starts this you're, week. You're free to watch that, but you can't make me talk about it on this show. How about skip all of that and watch How- Hot Wives of Orlando? Hot Wives of Orlando. That's that's the, <laughs> the, the written one, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the Casey Wilson and, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's great. funny name, Hot Wives. Hot Wives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's own porn category. Um, video games of 2009, August 9th to the 15th. Um, remember what I said earlier? Critically revered. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not Flock, which is a game Capcom published about herding sheep. I 
have a lot of merchandise for it for some reason. Mm, sounds uh, adorable. It is a little adorable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a throwback. It's something they, they published. It's, it's a weird time. Uh, Ragdoll Kung Fu, Fist of Plastic is out as is Demigod for the PC. And Dokapon Journey uh, and the Dark Spire for uh, Nintendo DS. But the big one is Braid. I even heard about ah. Braid when it came well, out. This is an interesting time in that the PC community is all good with downloading their games, but like we have a th- Xbox had to make a thing called the Xbox Live Arcade just so you know what it was. Like you just come here and get your games off the internet because it's still somewhat of a novel concept in 2009. Mm-hmm. I see people yelling about fucking digital games to this day, uh, but it's just sort of taking off. And Braid did a like. Braid really helped that I think breakthrough because it it like the people the main people complaining about non non physical games were people who fancy themselves smart and intellectual. Mm. So a fun game with a meta narrative with some throwback elements with some completely new stuff for you to heady shit for you to ponder over, which I found pretentious. Thank you, Jonathan <laughs> Blow. But this game is it, it's important enough. It's covered in indie game the movie, the first movie ever sold on Steam, as sort of at the making of this. And Microsoft picked it up and decided to champion it. And I remember having a fine time with the game and I got tired and I really don't remember. I personally don't remember why it was important. I read every, I read articles on it for the show and I'm just like, I don't see it, man. I'm like, you're, you're over intellectualizing this, this, this side scroller with a time manipulation element. Um, I did, it didn't hit me that hard, but it is the best rated game in Xbox Live Arcade history. Mm. And in terms of wow. the entire 360 platform, which went almost 10 years, it is the 10th highest rated game, according to uh, Metacritic, that ever graced the 360. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's some serious muscle. Yeah, maybe better than Halo, you nerds. Fight me in the comments. I'll be there. Uh, and the website's back up, so you can do that. Uh, <laughs> that is... <laughs> That is about our show. We've got to thank you guys so much uh, for listening. You can find out more at lasertimepodcast.com. We also do a show called Laser Time, which each week picks a new topic. It's been really fun uh, in previous entries. we got a bunch of bunch of fun stuff. We, we celebrated Mad Magazine uh, mm-hmm. recently, the loss of Mad Magazine, with uh, the three biggest Mad fans I could find. One of them was me. And, uh, and we did a show about killer robots, as well as uh, original overshadowed stars. What if Warner Brothers had a popular character before Bugs Bunny that he completely overshadowed? What if Kermit wasn't the first famous Muppet? It happened. It happened. It happened to some characters more than once. Uh, and we're talking about that on Laser Time. Video Game Apocalypse is out every week, and that's a super fun show with a new top five every week on a specific topic, in addition to all the information you could ever want on new releases and recent video game news, as well as a bunch of uh, off-the-cuff jokes usually at the expense of the president. Uh, but, uh, and of course, bonus time. Sarah has been on a bunch recently. We talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Crawl, mm-hmm. uh, two movies I enjoyed immensely, as well as Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which was very fun to talk about. We talked about my mom falling down. Yes. Um, and and uh, yeah, you can get. And of course, if you want to hear an entire show all about Nightmare on Elm Street 5, in addition to all the other Nightmare on Elm Streets and Friday the 13th, Patreon.com slash LazerTime. You can get a weekly exclusive show and a bunch of other exclusive content there. More to come, including Cheap Popcast, the return of the wrestling show, which will come out periodically 
Right. If you want more in-depth talk about a wrestling, which who doesn't? You can. I'm embarrassed that Sarah can see my YouTube recommends here. Like it's oh. almost all like. We do enjoy <laughs> seeing that every week. Like, <laughs> you never oh, brought it up, but I know you're too. seeing it. Oh, I'm looking at all of them. I know you're seeing it, uh, but yeah, you can. Uh, that's that's gonna be. Um, it's on the it's on the free feed, but it'll be a Patreon, somewhat of a Patreon exclusive. I think we're still working out the details, or I just don't know. And <laughs> Diana, where can people find you? Oh, they can find me on Twitter at Lis and a nerd, L E C I N E N E R D, or follow the show at thirty twenty ten podcast three zero two zero one zero podcast. How am I going to tease this week? Well, who now we got to get to the part our quizzy part, but we got to know who died. Ah, uh, so we only have one death this time, but uh, it fits in with this might get loud because in two thousand nine, that same week, we lost Les Paul, who was ninety four. I found out only person who's in the Rock and Roll and Inventors Hall of Fame. Oh, neat. Because That's of cool. his, you know, basically revolutionizing the electric guitar and stuff. I think that's unfair. That guy from Revenge of the Nerds 2 and his electric violin should probably get in. That was a really good song. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, so he, no, he, he's not behind the Gibson Les Paul edition, so shut up. So, like, Les, Les Paul is a, is a guitar inventor. I was sort of unclear yes. on that, but not a famous guitarist. Well, he was, too. Yeah. I mean, he was a musician. But no but... one's spinning his hits. Yeah, I mean, no one. The thing that he's famous for, I mean, you would you would call him, you know, innovator before you would call him musician. I feel he like. has a fucking guitar name. Even I know what a Les Paul sort of looks like. Are you ready for birthday quiz, though? I'm ready yes. for birthday quiz. Birthday is a okay, this was an interesting one. So, this week, uh, birthday boy is turning sixty. <laughs> born August fourteenth, nineteen fifty nine, in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, he was a first pick in the NBA draft out of the NCAA champions, Michigan State, after they defeated Indiana, led by Larry Bird. Hmm. Tucker, a man in his dream. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, he played point guard for the Lakers for 13 seasons. So Magic Johnson is like one of three Lakers I can name. Yeah. It is Magic Johnson. Yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, well, the only now, one who could have been born in 1956. Yeah. Uh, let me just read the stats off real fast, though. Three NBA MVPs, 12 All-Star games, nine finals appearances, and five wins. He's number 32. Was retired pretty much the minute he retired in 1991. He has been living with HIV for 28 years. And I can tell you, remembering 1991, no one thought he would live to mm-hmm. 60. Mm-hmm. No one. People thought he had five years tops. And everyone thought his talk show would last forever. Yeah. But also, besides being one of the best basketball players of all time, just being kind of the first big straight guy mm. to come out as HIV positive, I think hmm. is that's huge. Very, very important. I don't know about mm-hmm. you guys, but I'm watching Pose right now Ooh, yeah, and remembering so good. how HIV and AIDS, mm-hmm. what it was like back in 1991. It's like, oh, Huh. I was still a kid, and it's like giving me flashbacks. Of, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Everyone was going to die. <laughs> I, I just, I really remember a shitload of jokes in the schoolyard and on television that would have gotten everybody fired today. That's what I remember about this period in Magic Johnson. A bunch of stuff well, I can't repeat. Yeah. yeah, there was plenty of stuff like, oh, that means he's gay, he's gay or mm-hmm. uh, it means like uh, people don't want to play against him because what if he falls down and gets a cut? Mm-hmm. These were conversations happening on television on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Fucking crazy. And, we got over it. Mm-hmm. We got past it. We moved forward I, and realized. I, I oh, never. You're right. I think I never thought right. of him as as. I think it. It does take someone like that to get the general public used to certain things like that, and it's kind of. I think I hear people. Where is our openly gay athlete to like really hit 
that center of the country and make and will embrace the shit out of this whole scene. <laughs> and it just hasn't happened yet. No. We still don't have one. But, yeah, but I mean, that was so many people didn't realize. Oh, guys could get it from women. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. He I mean, was running around on his wife. and Can't happen to me, but guy. other guys, sure. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> sure. This guy who's already in incredible shape because he's one of the best <laughs> athletes of all time, he uh, can yeah. fucking get it. So, yeah, he started 60. And for years now, uh, he has no viral load. His tests come back negative. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. I, I didn't hear cured, but, like, it's phenomenal. It, in remission. Yeah. 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 Basically, you keep taking your meds and... And, it's well, undetectable. Your million dollars worth of meds, but mm. you know it takes. Well, yeah. The way it used to work, someone like someone like that could pioneer meds like that, and they become affordable to everybody. Mm. Now it's reversed. We live in the darkest timeline. Uh, your meds just get more expensive, and your healthcare is cut off. I'm depressed. Yep. <laughs> Look what I've done to myself. Um, I've got to tell you, at least the show is executive produced by Mickey C and many other fine people at Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime, where the price of burger and fries, baby. You can support your favorite podcast network and get a bunch of free stuff in return, including over a hundred commentaries and more new stuff coming soon. Uh, what are we closing out with today, Dime? Yeah, let's close out with uh, something from Jesse James's debut. It's a pretty good song. Wanted. Thought that'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Does it sound good? I don't know. What is this? Yeah. I- <laughs> It's a good song. No, just play it. You'll like it. Okay. I mean, again, I'm, I'm already... everything from 2009, I like know so little about the music now that I end up discovering stuff. And I thought, oh, that's a pretty good song. Yeah.